Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call in the Orion Mind School of the Prophets. Today is Sunday, the 29th of November, 2015. Tonight's speaker is Gary Ray, which is also known as the White Wolf. Welcome, everyone. Anytime you're ready, brother. Okay, yeah. They were uh, they were commenting there, um, I'll join the Masons. Will they show me the lost word, number five asked. Six says no. They will not. Six is correct. The recording started. Guess six comes back, and his response was, they have to have people below them to keep the cash flow. Nailed that one to the wall. See, that's the thing. Uh, every, every priestly order is set up on building a flock, a flock of followers and doers. And so they'll, uh, they'll use the symbol of the queen bee and the worker bee. And uh, so they operate in those types of scenarios. But they're never going to tell you that the real secret is inside. And uh, that's why they don't do any teaching. They just put on a play. Man, I do not know what the hell I ate, but honest to God, it is just like I have swallowed a fire. Oh, man. The wicker man. Yeah. Yep, the wicker man. They got to have a sacrifice for a fruitful year. They sure do. And uh, go back and look at the maypole and what was really practiced and what was being done. And uh, look at the secret behind the Mardi Gras and uh, the masks. And um, see, they, they were perpetuating the the species, and this was their way of keeping the genetics alive even in their communities when it was a small community. And as they got bigger, then consequently they spread their genetics because this this was all a fertility right system. That's all the hell it is. Well, hell yeah, you got to have a crook to control the flock, just like you have to have the flail that if they slow down, you beat their ass. That's the payroll. Notice the hands are crossed. But the Pope tells you that he is the shepherd of the flock. And he also tells you he's the Holy Papa. 
And uh, so you've got to stop and think about what he's saying. The obelisk is the big dick. That's it right there. Everything is impregnated by a single thought. And uh, when it's uh, the black uh, obelisk, it's in the dark hidden realm. And so if you went to the tabernacle in the wilderness, you'd have an outer court, functions of the priest, <laughs> and the five poles, because you've got to go through with the five senses, the outer court. The brazen labor is there with the looking glasses, so you look at yourself, and then you wash away that garbage. Uh, you offer your own sacrifice, or you offer the sacrifice on the conscious mind. It's something you have to willingly choose to do. <laughs> and uh, then uh, notice the, the flesh hook of the priest. It's got a bent claw on it, and the meat is put in the in the uh, the labor, uh, a boil in water, and uh, they can pull it out. Why? Because it's symbolic of uh, working in the subconscious, superconscious mind, water being a symbol of the mare, uh, the feminine aspect, looking in the brazen lemon, uh, looking glasses around the labor, uh, you're looking at mirrors, which a woman looks at. Ah, excuse me. So you're going into the feminine realm of the mind and you're operating in this zone or in this realm. Well, remember, the only thing missing on Osiris, uh, also known as Orion, was his phallus. So if you had the phallus of Jeb, you had uh, Nim's rod, and you had uh, Peter Petros, uh, you're talking about three dicks. What else do you want me to say? You saying that's the lost word? The lost word is the thought. You got to do the thinking for yourself, dude. Oh man. I hopefully uh you send Johnny out here with some of that half and half. I'm telling you, I, I don't know what I ate, but I am burning up. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead, Jim. No, he was saying that's the lost word. I mean the 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 lost the word is the word word is the key. Word means a thought, the lost thought. In other words, how do you activate the thought? That's what they're they're trying to find out. Yes. The thought is the thought, the conception, the idea. It says, hold not up the unclean thing. If if you're getting, hypothetically, an ass whipping, you don't want that, so don't hold it up in your mind. 
see it the way you want it, and then give thanks for it, and feel the emotion of already having it, not going to get it, but as you already have it, and it well, will see, be another, that way. Another thing is that um, let's take Aleister Crowley, and um, you've got a um, you've got a young um, um, here um, here. Let me just pour some of this here. Thank you. Man, I don't know what in the hell I ate. Whatever it is. Huh? It could have been that dadgum chicken sandwich. Oh, man. That's... <laughs> um, let's say the problem of the obelisk from a study of the unfinished obelisk at Ashwan. Um, See, everything is equated to some type of sexual orientation or oriented symbol. And the reason is because the sexuality of how to impregnate is also the sexuality of how to impregnate a thought in the mind. Both operate very similarly. And... um, This is why when a priest, uh, uh, he could not be a priest if he had lost his member or he was unable to stand and deliver and give seed unto Israel. And see, seed is another term that's used not only for sperm, but it's for a thought. Does that make sense to you? I mean, it's really that simple. That's what this is all based on. Everything in your Bible is based on this. Yes, sir, it makes sense. See, that's why the knowledge of the starfire seed was removed. And uh, that's why the taboo on blood was uh, instituted. The life is in the blood. They keep telling you the secret over and over, damn it, but you just don't understand what the hell you're reading. But Alistair could take, and let's say uh, in one movie you could watch it, uh, he does it. Uh, there's a guy walking in front of him uh, and another man, and so he's talking, and uh, he said, I can make that fellow do exactly what I want him to do. And the guy said, how would you do that? He said, watch. And all of a sudden, Alistair began to mimic the exact walk and mannerism of the guy that he was walking behind. Suddenly, he tripped and dropped to the ground with one knee. Immediately, the other fellow fell. Why? By matching his walk and his gait with him, he became one entrained by entanglement. Then, to take and create a mismatch, a step, a fall, it transferred into the mind of the other man. That's the same principle in First Earth Battalion, when we, when they put a hand on you, you can inflict the thought in their mind and make them throw themselves 15 to 30 feet away. Same damn principle. Folks, this is some powerful knowledge. Well, it is if uh, if people would uh, 
step out on it and begin to practice it, see it done, and use it, they'd find out just how powerful it really is. See, that's why it's always told as, as some uh, fable, some uh, some uh, uh, heretical uh, uh, fabrication of somebody's mind. And uh, then they'll say, oh, man, those people are just perverts. Uh, well, what might be perversion to one individual may not be perversion to another. And uh, morality is uh, usually only in the mind of the one that thinks they have it. Because uh, everything that they claim and put forth as being of a good moral character uh, is not necessarily such. And goes one, yes. Ingo was one of the best there was. Matter of fact, he was the first one, uh, modernly speaking, that cracked it open. Although magicians down through time have done this, to it including St. Germain and others of uh, various uh, stages of knowledge. Uh, Nostradamus had the books uh, that where he gained the secrets uh, put in the bottom of a well and uh, them covered over so nobody could find them. Um, and um, then when you get to uh, Isaac Newton, Isaac Newton uh, was a recluse studying alchemical processes. And when he finally uh, cracked the code and opened it up, he carried that knowledge to, uh, let's say, certain ones of the royal houses. And from that time forward, he became known as a wealthy man. <coughs> See, any of you people could do this. Um, and you're designed to do it. Some of you will be better at certain aspects of it than others will, just because of the very nature and trait characteristics of your upbringing and things that uh, you, uh, excuse me, would willingly accept or reject based on, here again, your belief structure. Bill Cooper kept bringing up the fact of how corrupt government was and what was really going on. And so he was a former intel officer and... Um, he 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 just kept rubbing it in their nose, and uh, you know, after a little bit, uh, there were people that and he had influence in, say, the the Continental Army Command and all that kind of stuff, and uh, they were afraid he was going to activate a uh, a nationwide uh, a civil war, so to speak, and they were not quite ready at that time to deal with all of that. Too public. Yep, selling too damn much. So that's why you have to keep a religious vein, shall we say, in your teachings. And that's really all you have to go is because it's all hid right there in the codes of their own scriptures. And then what you can do is, uh, 
they attack you for doing what you're doing, you just take their own scriptures and turn it right back around on them. Got on your mind, Jim. Kind of have a question or two. Yeah, I, was I, just just I, I just got in just a little while ago. I had been gone most of the day. And did uh, you did you by any chance get to check out any of those things that I sent you? Oh yeah, I, that one was nothing but bunches of jokes. Uh, which were okay. It was just, you know, I mean, I didn't want to spend time just listening to that. The other one on the flat earth, uh, I think I've sent that one out before. That's a good one also. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, oh, my goodness. It, uh, it is a great movie, I Will Hawk. So when you deal when you deal with Cleopatra's needle and the brief notes, uh, you have to go back and look at the Nasing N A T S S E N E S, not Isings, but Nasings, like in Nagul, uh, as in serpentine. Levite is another term for a Leviathan or serpentine priest, one who has the all-wise knowledge. That's what that really meant. It's just they've made it to be bad today. Yes, so people wouldn't endeavor to look there. Oh, yeah. See, that's why sex is made taboo. Because they're scared to death you're going to finally wake up and know what the hell to do with it. See, here's the, the situation, truth love, uh, in Romans when he said they changed the glory. Glory there is the word power, immortal, meaning one who can sustain or dwell or live forever. They changed it for the images, and yet man is a image, the exact likeness and reflection of the creator. And man is made lower than the angels, but greater in power, and they had to serve him. Man, when you listen, is the only one that out of the abundance of his or her own heart comes forth the power to create. So now you have to stop and figure what that God is and what is inside of each and every human being because we're called the temple. Do you think maybe that is an aspect of the true and living God in each and every human being out there and depending on what the hell they think or believe is what they create or dissolve?
You do command the angels. You command all the thoughts in your head. That's why he's telling you to guard over your own heart, for out of it, her, the issue is the abundance of life. If she's a woman, then somebody is screwing her, and you're the only fellow I know of between your ears and behind your eyeballs, so um, the conscious mind has got to be impregnating, but it must be done in knowledge, and that's what we would call Jesus, an enlightened state or an illumined mind. And Christ is when the chrisming effect occurs and the pineal is activated through the delta fornix and the fornix and the hippocampus and the pillars of Heracles and and the, uh, the hippocampus being uh, the time or the, the visionary horse of illumination. And uh, corpus callosum is activated and then Mary Magdalene, uh, also known as the amygdala gland, activates, changes their polarity, and healing occurs instantly. I mean, hell, this is all an operation that occurs within the human body. Yep. See, they make a man. Well, what what they've done is they've tried to make one man the absolute totality of the creator. And then if you get into Catholicism, Jesus the Christ, as they teach it, is relegated and you pray to his mother. That's Mary worship, they'll call it. That's Isis. That's a damn sudden superconscious mind. And in so doing, you activate. What are they doing? They're going to do so many Hail Marys and then so many Our Fathers. Our Creator. Who's the Creator? The true high self. Where is it inside of each of us? We're all an aspect of the totality of the Creator. Sir. No, amygdala. A, yeah, that's right, Shrink. A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A. Or Q, amygdala, no, well, amygdala. The medulla oblongata would be where the swelling of the cobra's head begins to swell in the neck as it goes up and then the head of the cobra would lay at the feet of the base of the pituitary uh, or the pineal gland and uh, that's where Jacob slept. He was sleeping on the rock. And Jacob, he was a supplanter, so he altered things at that level of the mind and became Israel, one that had the power of God because he could activate and impregnate Isis, Eve, the feminine aspect, the heart, and he could do it with Ra, an enlightened state of mind, and it was the knowledge of the El Shaddai, and yet as all the knowledge of the feminine aspect, that's why the sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet is feminine.
Well, Jim, I, yesterday I kept noticing, I kept having this smell coming off of that leg, and so Shawnee and I opened it up, and they had put, like I said, three experimental grafts and then a fourth graft on. And uh, we were pleasantly surprised. Um, seemed like quite a bit of it took. And uh, we cleaned everything up. I put on new bandages, or we did. And uh, i got to go in tomorrow because it's been two weeks since I've seen them last. And uh, I think everything's going to be good, though. Brother, I believe all things work for your good. It's already done. I know it. Well, yeah, um, we take and uh, go and uh, every time I go up there, I get to talk to somebody about something. So, hell, everything works together for the good. I'm going to talk to them a little bit. Um, My daughter finally come and, uh, well, not the one that had the deal, but the other one. We're talking about, um, and I was listening to, uh, her talking to Bernice about this jingling business. And uh, I said, what are y'all talking about? And so they finally told me what the hell they were, were discussing. And so I had done a web search on it and done the research and so forth. And I come to find out that uh, it's, it's, it's like a Viagra and it's like a Cialis, but it's, it doesn't have any of the the side effects, and uh, one pill can last up to seven days, and uh, or it be effective for seven days, and uh, or it can be uh, every third to fourth day they would take another one. Anyway, uh, I got to read you know all the benefits, and there was like a sixty-five year old woman was talking about it in the comment section. And uh, she was referring to the fact that after continued use, uh, so when she said continued use, I know she had used it more than once. And uh, she went on and she said that uh, somebody had gave her some and she and she got her and her husband to try it. And uh, I would imagine probably by the second one they were, you know, everything was working after the first, but by the second one, they just kept enhancing. And um, they asked her, they said, well, what do you think about it? She said, it's just like we're 20. And she said, I'll tell you what I really like about it. She says it's because of the fact that it causes vascular, peripheral vascular uh, increase, I guess, in blood flow. And uh, she said, for whatever reason, it really seems to affect my skin. Well, when they said that, you know, increased blood supply, I got to think about what they were saying and what it was made out of and different things, and I said, hell, that could be great for skin grafts. And uh, so Misty, she had some, and uh, I just cornered her and asked, I said, what, what's this stuff you got that you were Y'all are all slipping around and all of y'all are doing. She said, Dad, I didn't think you would use any because it's made from oysters. 
And she said, I know you don't eat shellfish and stuff. I said, no, normally speaking, I don't because they're so contaminated with toxins and heavy metals and stuff like that. And um, I had done the research uh, after talking to her, and I found that uh, I think it takes about 200 oysters to get enough of the enzyme evidently to make one pill. And uh, if I understood it right. Anyway, uh, one of the benefits was the fact that uh, people or men that uh, were either beginning or having prostate problems, after a little bit, it eliminated that or greatly reduced it. And um, it basically eliminated, you know, uh, men having to get up and pee in the night, and I guess women too. But... uh, Anyway, it, it just went on different things, this and that and the other, and uh, it had multiple uh, action or continuous action um, anytime during that three-day to seven-day period. One one couple were talking about they never used it, but every seven days because uh, it worked all the time. And uh, then uh, I seen a 73 year yeah, seventy-three-year-old woman. Um, I had uh, I had uh, worked on her before, and uh, she had got on this and one pill. Um, and uh, I seen her. What was it? Two or three days afterwards, I could not believe the change in that woman's skin. It was just, uh, I mean, God, uh, you know it's. You know, you figure 73, the skin kind of starts to break down a little bit, and this and that and the other. And man, all of a sudden, she was just, it just tightened up and trimmed up. I mean, um, she never had, uh, just, and it looked like she regressed at least 20 years of age in skin. And uh, I talked to them, you know, and I asked them what they're doing. And uh, the lady didn't know that much about it. She had uh, been told about it, and so was trying it. But uh, everybody else I know that I've talked to, um, man, they're jumping up and down over it. And uh, but anyway, Missy was informing me today. She said, "Dad, I had the dealership uh, for that stuff in North North Carolina, and all of Texas and Louisiana." I said, "Really." She said, yeah. She said, uh, I found out about it over a year and a half ago when I was in Mississippi at a job. <coughs> and I met the guy that uh, his brother's one that found or created the patent on it. And so uh, she said, I kind of got in at the ground level when they first started. And uh, she said, on the jobs, you know, where we are, you know, in the big plants and the construction, she said, man, it'll just, if they ever get one, she said, don't worry about it. They will see you. She said, I'll have guys will come in and they'll buy, you know, uh, um, you know, a 10-pack a, a right off the bat every time. And uh, so uh, I listened, you know, different comments that they were all making. And uh, I said, well, hell, I'll, I'll test drive it. I'll see what the hell will happen. So uh, I I checked it, fired one, and uh, 
you know, you couldn't really tell that much difference. And um, But I noticed that overnight, <coughs> I could see changes in my body occurring. <coughs> and um, I knew that certain medication that they had put me on had reversed everything for a while. And uh, so I was having to kind of, you know, come back around, come back to life, if you will. And, uh, man, it, I could see that just after 12 hours, this here was, man, it was really starting to work. And uh, so uh, I was explaining to B about it. We were talking, and uh, she said, well, I'll try it. And I said, okay. So we just kind of doing an experiment between the two of us. But uh, uh, we took our second one this afternoon, or a while ago, I should say, before this call. And, uh, but I've noticed that, uh, I don't have any burning in my graft, uh, since I started using this. So, like I said, now, what all, if that's really doing it, I couldn't tell you. I'm just telling you what's happening. But, uh, very unique stuff. They call it, uh, I held the name of Chingaling. C-H-I-N-G hyphen A hyphen L-I-N-G. And, uh, you bump it up on the web. But uh, nevertheless, that, that's what's been going on around down here. And uh, I'm going to share it with uh, the Filipino community and uh, the uh, Korean community up at base. And uh, tomorrow when I go in, I'm going to talk to Doc and them because uh, it could be uh, very interesting. Hello, Pacholi. How you doing, honey? Anyway, a uh, lot of things, a lot of things been coming around, and um, but uh, people are starting to wake up. They're starting to to find out that you know we can't keep living like we've been living and like the government's taught us because people are just dying right and left. And if they're not dying, they may live way up in years, but hell, they live in a nursing home. That's not living. That's just existing. And, uh, yeah, Chingalane, that's it. It'll punch up if you hit it on, let's see, what's their damn website? Yeah, let me look right here. Chingalane.us. Uh, Misty's got a, uh, her website's going up. They're putting it together right now. And uh, I know that uh, a couple of the guys that went and tried to buy in, and the guy told him, he said, I can't. He said, that entire state, those two states, is already taken by Misty Hickman. said, uh, if you want to talk with her, that's fine. And, uh, but, uh, worked out pretty good. You know, I, I must admit, and, uh, like I said, so far, it seems like everything's fine. Yeah, I've heard of dangalings too. Great part was it has no side effects that I know of. The only side effect that I know of is that if you are allergic to shellfish, <laughs> oh, 
confused way. Well, they must ching-a-ling the ding-a-ling. Well, I think it puts a little lift and separate and uh, everything that needs to lift and separate and stand up and swell up and stand down and wave a flag. and It kind of does all that stuff, but it does a bunch of more stuff with it. worth looking into it is worth looking into and uh like i said you know i mean i can't see any side effect you know by using it and uh be evidently can't either and if she's if there's some little something wrong she will complain about it i'm telling you she will let you know it is not what you said it was but uh yeah she's doing fine yep there's benefits and uh uh, let me tell you something. Uh, with women, uh, I know of women that have uh, menopause, and they started taking this here, and they don't have problems with menopause or cramping anymore. And uh, a lot of times, uh, vaginal dryness and stuff like that, these gals don't have no other problems. Everyone I've listened to. Um, that's about the size of it. Experience of relief, six. Yeah, only once or twice a week. Decreases frequent frequent urination, sure as hell does. Um, It's supposed to be extremely beneficial to the prostate. And consequently, you've got to remember now, if it's beneficial to the prostate, it's going to be uh, beneficial to the... uh, Oh, hell, starts with an S. They call it the G-spot, but... It would be beneficial to that because of the same type of scenario. Um, and, and, uh, and, huh? The sacrum? No, it's, uh, Sunil, it, 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 oh, crap, it's, um, you know, relief of menstrual pains, um, I mean, listen here, everybody, like I said, you can, even people that drink, it doesn't mess up the program. You know, G-Spot does work, Charlie, that's correct. There's another name for it, but I mean, a medical name, but uh, the G-Spot, I mean, you get that tuned up and and uh, let's see, their libido increases and different things like that. And uh, and see here again, I mean, if you're libido and so forth, and you can get rid of some of the moral hang-ups that they programmed you with, uh, you can learn to start using your sexuality with your prayer to empower it. And uh, you'll find out that when you can create an orgasm at the same time, you pop that prayer as a finished state online giving thanks. Oh, man, let me tell you something. That's like taking that prayer and, and sticking an afterburner in it. You'll think it's a rocket ship. Hmm. You talking about the well, scrotum? No, it's, it's uh, it seems like it's S-E-N-I-L. It, it, it's like senile in a way, but it's not. Um. Starts with an S, so um, I don't use that term enough to. But anyway, um, 
I, I know of young young boys. Uh, I was telling two of them because uh, they they believe that uh, they ought to be able to uh, ride in, uh, every night, you know, all night long and go to work. And I said, that ain't going to work, boys. They said, why? I said, you'll be old men before you're 25. What do you mean? I said, you can't do that every night, all night, and go work uh, like y'all are working. And uh, so they, uh, the word got around. Next thing I knew is they were out there doing the chingling too. <laughs> These are young men. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when you hear men and women 65, 70 talking about the beneficial effects of it like they are it's really something for you to look at or think about and uh, like I said when you really if you start looking up the side effects of uh, Viagra and Cialis oh my goodness it's a wonder that crap is even on the market It's like testosterone. Uh, you can start getting heart attacks and stuff like that. Viagra uh, and Cialis can create a higher increase incidence in uh, in uh, uh, melanoma, basal cell carcinoma, etc. So, um, hello, MJ. And um, so these are things that you kind of have to think about when you're doing your healing. Um, We've uh, started setting extra stuff aside, uh, preparing um, on every level that we can think of. Um, they've got a a new disease that's coming down that's resistant to uh, to uh, uh, normal types of antibiotics. But you see, nature has got a cure for everything. It's just they don't want you to know about it. And that's why they keep saying you can't use the word cure and you can't use the word healing because they're not healers. They're allopaths. They're symptomologists. Um, borax uh, for the hair, Lilu, will do fine. If you go to earthclinic.com, earthclinic.com, dot com and uh, that's one word all lower and uh, just go to borax it's a vertical file you just scroll down till you find the comments but really what happens if you can find what they call Dr. Bronner B-R-O-N-N-E-R apostrophe S uh, Castile C-A-S-T-I-L-E soap uh, you want either the eucalyptus or the peppermint um, I had, uh, let's say I'll take, um, uh, a quart, quart bottle and, um, uh, I'll put in a heaping tablespoon of the fresh borax. You can get it in, you know, 20 mule team borax is as pure as you can get it. Pharmaceutical isn't any, any pure. And, um, uh, I'll take then and add, um, uh, a heaping tablespoon of Epsom salt, magnesium sulfate. In England, you'd call it globbers. Salt, G-L-A-U-B-E-R, Oscar B-S, Globbers Salt. 
or salt. But uh, anyway, I put uh, that borax and the, the magnesium or Epsom salt in the quart bottle. I take about a pint of distilled water, and I pour it in there and shake the hell out of it till I dissolve that uh, that Epsom salt and that borax. Then I take and I fill it on up with distilled water to within, uh, let's say, the top quarter of that bottle or maybe a third if you want it extra soapy, but it's going to soap up fine. And at that point, I'll add, let's say, a quarter to one-third of a bronzer soap out of my pint or quart bottle or gallon jug. And uh, I'll fill that up and then put me a, you know, flip switch on the top, you know, where you can shake it up and so forth. Because if you put the soap in before, it's going to soap up so much you're not going to be able to get the full complement of water in there. And uh, you just squirt uh, so much in the palm of your hand, about the big size of a tablespoon, work it into your scalp. And uh, you might let it sit for 10 minutes at the max. Uh, if your hair is real oily, your skin's oily, uh, get you one of these little scrubbers. You know, let you scrub your hair, straighten your hair out. And uh, you just scrub your scalp good because what's happening is that you're using that to break up the sebum that is in the pores or blocking the pores. It's like a waxy oil. And between the Epsom salt, the Bronner's uh, uh, Castile soap, um, and like I said, we beef ours up with a little extra uh, peppermint oil, a little extra eucalyptus oil, and uh, we put in about 10 drops of uh, no more than 15 of tea tree to that entire bottle. And so what's happening is that you've got a good antibiotic, antimicrobial, antifungicide in that that uh, soap and uh, you can do that once twice a week it won't hurt your hair because of the castile it's kind of soft um, and uh, you do that and within about two and a half three weeks you're going to start noticing the, the fuzz is going to start coming up and uh, I tell them a lot of times you know I mean I can grow hair on everything but a cue ball a golf ball and a ping pong ball maybe a bowling ball but the rest of you, I can grow hair on you. And they just laugh, you know, because you can if you know what to do. But that will do it. Yeah, number six, that's good up there. Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps Retail Store. Peppermint, like I said, they got peppermint and they got uh, um, tea tree and they also have eucalyptus. Any of you have any other comments about stuff like this?
For 14, maybe you ought to go to a chingalang, and then that'll help you dangalang. <laughs> you at the stretch, though. They got an old boy down in one of the plants down there. Can wrap it around one of them damn... Uh, Oh, hell. Scaffolding towers, tie a knot in it. Wins money doing it all the time. But like the fella said, I ain't never seen too many gals run around with him because, uh, like the one lady said, she said, hell, that ain't uh, for sex. She said, that's a damn weapon. Bed sores, uh, you can take uh, urine and uh, wash the site. You take the urine from the individual and just bathe the site. Leave it on about 35 to 45 minutes and then rinse it off. And uh, the urine itself will cause the decubitus ulcer to begin to disappear. Um, if it really gets bad, then what you could do is take, let's say, and save a quart of fresh urine and gently cook it down uh, in a stainless steel, you know, pot. And uh, gently cook it down, let it more or less just steam away. And uh, it reduces down to, say, one cup. Uh, There is an enzyme uh, that is in urine, and when you heat it and uh, concentrate it like that, extremely low temperature, um, it increases the concentration of that healing enzyme, and uh, we would take, uh, after three to four days, it'll start smelling like ammonia, and there ain't a damn bug in the country can grow in ammonia, and so what we would do is take, uh, a, um, you know, a cotton ball or a, a four by four or something like that, and, uh, you know, a pair of uh, forceps and uh, dip it in that solution, and you know, massage it over or, or rub it over that uh, that ulcer, and let it stay like I said, 35, 40 minutes, and come back and rinse it, and clean it, you know, so you don't get a, a urine burn. And um, they'll usually go to healing right on up. Can come from low thyroid. It can come from a uh, deficiency in. Um, um, Oh, uh, not potassium, it's, um, damn, I use it for that, too. Um, magnesium? No, it's not magnesium. It starts with a P2. Um, Twin Labs has a real good uh, a deal of it, but you have to be careful taking it. It's It's not something you just jump out there and, jump on because it don't take much of it. Um, it's not uh, potassium. It's uh, turmeric? Huh? Turmeric? No, no, it's not an herb. It, it, it's a mineral. It, it's a mineral. Oh. Uh, How do you take iodine? The best way to take iodine is to take and uh, buy um uh, uh, nori seafood, or go to uh, Maine Seacoast Vegetables and buy a pound of their fresh Atlantic kelp powder. It, uh, it's uh, ground-up kelp. It's high in iodine, etc. And uh, we take our salts and we blend it with that. 
Um, I take like um, a quarter real salt, a quarter Himalayan salt, a quarter uh, uh, black sum sum water salt, which is a sulfur type of salt, and uh, one quarter of the uh, kelp powder, and I mix that together. And uh, that is the salt we cook with and everything because we're always getting our own natural iodine and natural minerals from the ocean. Well, you can do that, but you, you have to be real careful with iodine. Iodine, uh, man, it, you can put enough on the end of a pen to mess the program up. Uh, and... Uh, Okay, well, if it's a premixed bottle, that's one thing. Because uh, normally speaking, it wouldn't. See, Lugol solution can be used as well. L-U-G-O-L. But see, some some iodine is only good for certain types of radiation, and uh, Himalayan salt even has uh, a certain percentage of radiation in it. So you need to be careful that you're not getting too much straight uh, Himalayan salt. And uh, see, a lot of the natural dried and prepared salts. Uh, you have to be careful because they really, they'll, they'll lie to you because when they heat process them, they destroy the minerals and enzymes and so forth that's in that natural salt. <coughs> there you go, number six. Got you a Lugol solution up there. And I am telling you, I do not know what the hell I ate, but whatever it is, it does not like me. Well, that's why I mix it a quarter. I use a quarter of the Himalayan because of the 82 minerals um, and uh, a quarter of the the uh, natural sum sum black salt. So the Indians use black salt because they use it for healing of the stomach. And uh, see, that's another reason with the natural sulfur that's in it. Celtic Sea uh, is fine, uh, you know, different ones. You just have to look at the process because a lot of them um, are not really doing everything that they claim that they're doing. So, you know, that, there's something for you to think about there. I can understand the doctor recommended, but I'm here to tell you there's a lot of damn doctors out there. Shit couldn't recommend uh, a dog food to a dog.
anybody, anything else. Uh, Minaji uh, is a Korean cook, and she put out a 2015 cookbook. And uh, Minaji, M-I-N-N-A-G-H-I, something on the order of that, or C-H-I. That little gal is a good Korean cook. It's easy to fix. She's simple. She shows you exactly whatever. The only thing, um, now, she shows you how to make uh, prepared cuttlefish and, you know, pollock and stuff like that because they eat it like it's a candy. And uh, I had picked up uh, the pollock and so forth from uh, Korean Asian market just outside the base up at Port Polk. And uh, the little lady and I became, you know, really good friends. And so she would show me how to make uh, her pickled be- uh, bean sprouts and and uh, daikon radish uh, and, uh, you know, how to prepare it. And so uh, if you're going to fix bean sprouts, my advice is skip the damn soybean sprouts and get mung beans, M-U-N-G, bean sprouts. Uh, They last longer, and if you're fixing beans, uh, the bean sprout, or uh, uh, even your radish, do not blanch it over three minutes. The reason is, is that once that water is boiling, and you drop whatever you got in into it and kind of assist it stirring, all you're doing is that you're knocking the stiff off and converting the chlorophyll um, so that it will it, it will it will pick up the flavor of whatever you're putting in it. And uh, if you go over three minutes, it becomes too tender. And if in the case of let's say um, if you use a soybean and you go over three minutes, I mean that thing's going to fall apart. But uh, Nevertheless, um, she taught me the mung bean uh, ferment, you know, and how to fix it. Just simple as falling off the log. And the same with the daikon radish. And she used a moolie and cut little julienne strips. And she'd use a fat uh, uh, radish instead of the big long one, although you could use the long one as well. And uh, do the strips on it. And uh, then... Uh, Man, I must be out of battery again. Look at that. I am just down. That battery don't want to. Have I lost you folks? No, you're in there, brother. Well, I won't be there long if I don't get it hooked up. Because I am down. I'm showing white all the way across. Everything went dead. Okay, we up and running again. But anyway... um, all it takes is, say, uh, uh, you want a coarse red chili flakes, and uh, you can buy them in bags, and you can get them anywhere from a pound to 10 or 15 pounds, I reckon. I, I bought them in as high as uh, probably three to five pound bags because uh, we use a lot of it. And then I use a real good high-grade fish sauce. Uh, I really prefer Red Boat uh, 40 because they prepare it for over a year. It's made in uh, Vietnam. And uh, you can make real super high-grade nook mom out of it, although many 
we'll use it straight as a dipping sauce, uh, as if it's a completely prepared uh, Nook Mom recipe, you know, for dipping spring rolls and things like that. But uh, we use uh, about 10 to 15 drops of that, you know, let's say with a couple of big size radish. Um, about a heaping tablespoon of, uh, of sugar. Um, then uh, I'll put in, say, 10 to 15 drops of, of uh, a good uh, apple cider vinegar with the mother. Um, I'll lightly sprinkle it with coarse salt, and I mean lightly. Um, and about 15 drops, like I say, of that uh, Red Boat 40, you could use Cuddle. Uh, it's another good brand, you know, for just general cooking. And uh, they've got a good processing plant to clean people and so forth. And uh, then uh, I had uh, a good sesame oil with it, you know, uh, hot-pressed sesame oil, and mix it up. And, uh, like, I've got a gallon of the shredded uh, daikon radish, and then I had about a half a gallon of the mung beans. And uh, Dana tasted them and was going back to San Antonio, and she said, Dad, can I have those? So uh, I sent her home with a quart of my radish and uh, uh, my whole bag of uh, mung beans, but I'll pick up more tomorrow on my way up to uh, Korean town and so forth going into Ellick and Pineville to the VA. But uh, you can take uh, mustard greens, collard greens, turnip greens, uh, spinach, and uh, what I do is I wash it real good, and I chop it off, and let's say that um, I want to save the uh, stems. I cut those stems in real short little pieces, and I drop them in and let them, say, parboil for two minutes, you know, uh, kind of uh, heat them for two minutes. What do you have, honey? Oh, baby, I can't get to it right now. I, I, I'd have to drop everything back you to you. remember the name of it? It's Menagee. Just put Korean cooking, Menagee uh, cookbook. It's 2015. They come up. She's a little short, fat girl. She's uh, she, she's as cute as she can be, but, man, that, that damn gal she can cook. Anyway, um, so uh, um, you do that, and... You can get different flavors. Now, the greens themselves, what I do is I'll chop them up because if you let a green stay too long um, or, or remain too long, uh, people will choke on them sometimes. And so uh, we cut the greens up and you pickle them, but it's like if you're making a Korean babimbap. You may put three to five pickled veggies, uh, Korean-style pickle, not necessarily a kimchi, uh, and yet we will include kimchi on the side on a nice bed of rice, a good jasmine. Um, you put a fried egg on top of that, uh, maybe some paper-thin slice of bulgogi, which is a beef, a thin slice beef, and uh, maybe a teaspoon of uh, red chili, fermented red chili paste uh, on the side. And, uh, man, you talk about a meal. I mean, I'm here to tell you, that'll make you get with the program. Yeah, that's it. M A A N G C H I. Shawnee, I got the name for you. Buddy on the call gave it to me. But uh, anyway, she is really good, and 
I've got all kinds of recipes from her because I mark her as bookmarker and then store her to my recipe file under Korean. <coughs> but, uh, yep. Um, I also had three gallons of uh, a homemade miso that I put on the 22nd of May. And uh, right now it will uh, take uh, radioactivity out of the body. And uh, after 120 days, it will do that. And that was one of the main things the people at Hiroshima and Nagasaki uh, used to get rid of the radiation. And when they inquired from Chernobyl, they would take that same type of diet and they would uh, farm it to them and it helped them get rid of the um, uh, radiation. And so you, you really don't realize it because the government is never going to tell you. The only thing government is interested in is the business profit, control and profit. And um, that's why a government is called a beast system in the scripture. It's because a government, it don't give a damn. Um, somebody don't like it and they take down a bureaucrat, no problem. They hire another one to go in his place. And, um, and so they just keep this mess going. And uh, yet if you make your own kimchi, you make your own... Uh, um, miso and things like that then uh you can help your family stay healthy all the time you get rid of parasites uh, making your own sauerkrauts and so forth and uh, sally fallon uh, uh in fermentation man that was a good little book she put out and there's other people that uh, were done takeoffs from her and uh, um and, and have really done well. Uh, Wade went through one of the classes of a guy. There was a town up in Tennessee or somewhere up there close to him. And uh, they had people that uh, had come down with AIDS. And so they just more or less had them a little village of people that uh, all were, you know, were sick with different things. And uh, they started using uh, the arts of fermentation. And, uh, hell, they started curing their diseases and everything else. Uh, I know of a lady that was in California. Her husband had a, had a tapeworm. And, man, a tapeworm is a mother to get rid of. And uh, she said, no problem. She said, I'll have him back in 30 days. He won't have it. And so she could put him on uh, sauerkraut. That's the only thing he could eat for 30 days. And... Uh, Lo and behold, she came back, or he came back at the end of the month, and they'd done the stool samples and so forth. No tapeworm whatsoever. So that'll tell you a little secret. Your diet can bring things under control. Um, there are people that uh, have had parasites get in the brain, and yet there's things that you can make uh, that will... Knock that damn uh, parasite out. It'd get rid of that damn uh, uh, tapeworm in the brain. <laughs> ah, excuse me. Well, I can see we don't have any more questions then, so it's no sense in worrying about it anymore. Jim, uh, the parasite cleanse, Lilo, is fine. Um, I'll be honest with you, I would highly recommend that you look up Dr. Jennifer Daniels, D-A-N-I-E-L-S. She is now living in Panama. 
And what you're interested in, uh, look up the turpentine cure. And um, you only use it every third day. And you do it a minimum of 45 and preferably 60 days. And what you do is you take one level measuring teaspoon of a pure gum spirits of turpentine. Now, you can get that from the pharmacy or you can go down to Lowe's and go in, and Crown Zellerbach has got a, a quart can in there, sells for anywhere from 6 to $9, and it's pure gum spirits. You have to use it for uh, pure, good oil painting so that it doesn't discolor and so that it'll last over centuries. And so you take that turpentine and just take a damn t- a teaspoonful of it every third day and put it on a measuring tablespoon of uh, uh, of white uh, granulated sugar. And uh, you're going to work that around in your mouth and then take you a hot cup of tea or coffee and, and wash it down. You do that everything, uh, first thing every morning before you eat anything else other than, say, that little swig of black coffee or whatever. And what will happen is then parasites they'll go to that sugar, but that sugar is laden with that turpentine, and uh, it will knock them out. Now, when we were children, they would give us so many drops up to a certain age. I'm giving you a a mixture here that's been safely advised for, say, an adult. Um, So this is not what you'd give to a child. A child, let's see, I think we had to be, uh, seemed like uh, they said we had to be a year old or a year and a half old. And then we would get a drop for every age up to 16 years. And uh, they would usually stop it by then because by that time they had you well trained. You know, you, you knew to wash your hands and stuff like that. I don't know. I just uh, read and listened to the thing and. Uh, what uh, they were talking about was uh, the teaspoon. I know a man down here close to me that weighed about 450, and uh, he'd done this every third day at that rate. And um, he's down close to 200 pounds now, and his wife, who was an RN, gave him uh, herpes. And uh, in the process of using the turpentine over the period of time for him to lose weight, got rid of the herpes, and so he showed and tested clear. I haven't tried the olive oil and turpentine. I do know that you can use a good grade of uh, of coal oil. Uh, really, what you're dealing with is a K1 kerosene. Uh, but... Uh, uh, That will work real, real well. Um, I know I've used it. It worked good for me, different ones. Uh, the only thing is, is that you really need to have your bowel working well. Because, and the reason you only do it every third day is because it's going to kill off so many damn parasites. You don't want to overload your system, you know, getting rid of that mess. And... Uh, it's in the Merck manual, sure is. Doctors have used it for years and for vast ailments. 
I mean, all kinds of stuff. But see, in the in the Merck manual, the Materia Medica, things of that nature. Um, see, like we use pine oil and turpentine because in Louisiana, uh, East Texas mainly, and say Louisiana, they would tap pines. Uh, well, in the South, they would tap pines, and uh, in the winter, when the sap was going down, and uh, they would collect the turpentine in turp buckets. And then they would uh, cook it down or uh, distill it down, you know, in the mills. And uh, that turpentine is some good stuff. Pure old white uh, grain sugarcane sugar. Don't get that sugar that's made from sugar beets. Yep, it will. Uh, it's known to help clear out lung congestion. Um, it um, see another thing. Okay, let's just to kind of put it out here. The reason I teach our children to be careful what kind of women and what kind of men they may be messing around with, if that's what they're going to do. Um, whatever an individual eats or lays down with, sleeps with, is usually the kind of damn parasites that that individual is going to have. And uh, that's right. That's why we don't use a, a GMO uh, sugar beet at all. We use pure cane, cane sugar. And uh, let's say that... Uh, this good-looking darling here, I mean, blonde bombshell, everything ain't a brick out of place. And she is one damn big pork eater. Well, odds are, if she's ate pork, she's got parasites. Now, whether it's a smiling at you or you're smiling at it, you better remember those parasites, they can transfer from host to host. And uh, I know of a lady that was right down the street from my mom and dad when they were alive in DeRitter. And uh, this lady and her daughter, and this, this daughter was a grown woman. I mean, hell, she must have been 23, 24. And they had some terriers and stuff in the house. And uh, I mean to tell you, you opened that door, let me tell you, it was Dog City. That's it. I didn't go down there. But anyway, it wasn't long, and uh, I was there, and I'd come back from the bush, you know, and Mom was telling me, she said, you know, Sister So-and-So down there in the church? I said, yeah. She said, you know, she come down sick, and I got her in the hospital. I said, they do. She said, yeah. She said, Gary, they think she's going to die. She's got some kind of disease, and they just don't know what it is. And so, uh, sure enough, the woman passed. They'd done an autopsy on her. When they got down to her liver, she had parasites from them damn dogs like you wouldn't believe. Well, it wasn't about six months after her mother died, the daughter got sick. Damn, she didn't die, too. Lo and behold, they checked her. Same damn thing. So... 
you need to kind of think about, you know, what you're doing, who you're going out with, or what you're planning on going out with. Uh, cedar oil will work, foggy. Uh, cedar oil men are driving termite crazy. Um, apple cinnamon spray, like in a, even a, a debt burn deodorant, uh, cans of deodorant. Apple cinnamon, you can get that and spray it in the house. And, man, they'll put the boogie shoe. I mean, they'll be gone. And uh, so, I mean, there's several things that you can do. Um, now, we have a deal that the girls and the bee use, like if they, because uh, we wipe the roaches out to where we don't see them. And unless somebody sends something or brings something here that's got a damn roach egg in it, we don't have them normally. Now, other than the kind that come out of the trees, and that's those big wood, you know, tree roaches. But what we do is we'll take a tablespoonful of Blue Dawn dish detergent and put it in, let's say, a quart bottle, a spray bottle. And you can go to Walmart and buy these quart to half-gallon spray bottles. You can pump them up, and they'll shoot 30 or 40 feet of straight stream if that's what you want. Uh, we also use them in, uh, you know, to seal off a bee nest once we've taken them out. We, we fire it up real good with a certain types of stuff so that the bees, uh, if they're out, they won't come back and go in and bed up there again. But uh, you can spray that on the back of a um, a roach as you see them in the, in the house, and uh, they won't go anywhere if they go, uh, if they won't go over two or three inches usually. And they'll roll over and die. They won't even kick out their egg pack. Uh, as far as stopping them, we take, um, and you can go buy a, about a pint bottle, I believe it is, um, of uh, NutraSweet. And it's a powder. And you ain't going to take it, but you're going to use it, and you're going to screw up some roaches. You take that thing of NutraSweet powder and about the same amount of borax. You mix them two together. Then you want to put in about a third of a cup of granulated sugar and about a third of a cup of cornmeal. Now, if you got some uh, um, diatomaceous earth, you could put in a third to a half a cup in that same batch. Mix that real, real good and put it out in little Coke caps or, uh, you know, them little screw caps off your little soda waters and stuff like that. Just set it back behind your cabinets or the edge of your cabinets. I'll tell you what happens. They'll go back there and they'll get in that to get that sugar. And when they lick their feet between the diatomaceous earth and the boric acid, it's going to kill them graveyard dead, and borax will do the same damn thing. It's just that the borax is not quite as concentrated as the boric acid, but it will make them kill themselves too. Because it creates a gas. They're going to go get water. They have to when they lick. The titanaceous earth is going to cut their guts up. And um, you can go to taking roaches and stuff like that out real, real easy. If you're having trouble with ants, go get you a, a Tones down at Sam's or something, one of them big pint jars or pint uh, shaker bottles of, uh, of ground cinnamon. 
And you can sprinkle that cinnamon around where in the hell those ants are, and they will put the boogie shoot to it. If they're out in your yard out there, mix you up some dead gum, plain old cheap uh, white glacial acetic acid vinegar, and just pour some of that vinegar on top of that mound and watch them. It won't be long, and you won't be having no damn thing. So uh, uh, that there will uh, kind of keep you going there. So you're going to go through pestilence. I mean, these people, because of the way they believe, the way they eat, the way they think, pestilence has to come. Plague has to come. And uh, see, they're 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 getting infected with uh, with uh, rats and squirrels and mice and and uh, these people are picking this stuff up. And uh, the children are out playing in the woods where they are. And uh, they're feeding squirrels and stuff. A squirrel is a ready packer. Um, I know he's, we used to call him limb bacon down here, but uh, I realize that, that that squirrel is a vegetarian, and that's all good and well, but uh, he will be my last resort. But uh, nevertheless, Lice and fleas is what spreads bubonic plague. And so when you start putting some of this stuff out, um, you'll clean up your animals. Uh, we don't let them in the house. Boy, it just hacks me off no end. I walk in there and a damn cat in the house. Oh, that pisses me off. Um, don't be bringing that damn cat in my house. Don't bring no damn dog in here either. And... Uh, it uh, like snakes, salamanders, uh, reptiles. You better teach your children to wash their hands if they're allowed to have such crap as that, because the salmonella that's on them from them crapping in their cage and slithering through it can kill a child in just a, a short order. So uh, you need to make sure that if you're catching lizards, chameleons, and things of that nature, anoles. Um, it's called go wash your blamed ass hands. And if you go to a toilet, you make damn sure you wash your hands. And uh, see, that's why, uh, like, say, in Islamic uh, belief structure and countries, um, the right hand of fellowship is a hand that you shake hands in friendship with people and you eat with in the common dish, the common bowl. <coughs> you do not wipe your ass with your right hand. You better use your left one. Because if they catch you and you put it in their damn common bowl, you're not going to have no damn right hand. You will remember next time. Yep. Diatomation works great. In fact, you can take it. You want to find out whether it's toxic to you or not, just rub a little bit of uh, tea tree on you. If you don't get a rash or something from the tea tree that's in that same family, odds are you're not going to have any reaction from anything else. (coughs) 
you know, the diatomaceous earth would work great. Now that that's more uh, uh, would be more beneficial to dogs, but uh, and pets and stuff like that. See, we mix it in horse cattle feed things like that on on occasion. And uh, I know of a man down here had soybeans, uh, and um, he filled uh, his silos. And uh, the price wasn't good, so what he did was he had bags of diatomaceous earth and he'd set up on the apex of the of the silo. And as it was being blown in, he would just throw handfuls of diatomaceous earth in there. And uh, five years later, the price came up. He sold those beans, and uh, he had basically no loss at all from insects. Uh, I don't know about giving the animal turpentine. I, I know you can be, you have to be careful. Um, it is pretty potent tasting. I don't know if they would take that or not, uh, but uh, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if that would be, you know, cool or not. I just know that the sugar is the solvent vehicle. Um, to get the parasites and uh, see tumors and carcinoma will eat sugar. And that's why if it's combined with uh, lemon uh, or turpentine, it'll suck it right up and it'll blow that brain out of that damn carcinoma. And then if you bring them up to 7.2 to 7.4 pH, um, that usually knocks out the carcinoma as well. <laughs> a month kind of got your taste buds all cleaned up on number six. <laughs> well, I've done it. It 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 really it, it it's acceptable, but I immediately after I've ate it down, and that's basically what you're doing. I just chew it in my mouth until it dissolves and I swallow it and then I immediately take a shot of black coffee um, and down the hatch. And uh, that keeps it, you know, the taste down in your mouth. But uh, Yeah, I don't know what you could have brought back from hospital. That could be anything. <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious sake, life. Yeah, it's kind of like you can go in for surgery, and let's say that you've got a doctor that has uh, AIDS or uh, uh, hepatitis, uh, whatever. See, that's why in premium-grade surgical gloves, you, by, you're supposed to change them every 15 minutes. And the reason is is that your perspiration and stuff can go through plastic. And um, a regular condom um, gut has got holes in it the size of basically like comparing a, a, a BB to the Grand Canyon. You know, you're throwing it through to see it's going to catch. And, and, and the size comparison is just, there's no way it can stop it. Um, then a regular set of surgical gloves is tighter than that. 
But then when you get to the premium grade, it's down to where it's about um, 30 microns, I think, is about as small as they get. Some of them say they get a little smaller, but when you're looking at a uh, an HIV uh, grid 192 uh, virus uh, uh, base, you're looking at something under 10 microns in size. And... Uh, it can penetrate uh, through that grub into, say, blood in the in the in the cavity in an operation, or um, it can transfer from, say, a patient uh, through that grub into that doctor's hand. That's why that doctor would change those gloves every, say, 15 minutes. But um, nevertheless, you know, it's something for you to think about. I remember a symposium at Walter Reed. This was back in what the 70s. Uh, somewhere in there, and uh, um, 70s, early 80s, and uh, they were asking, it was like 300 or 400 doctors there, and these were all specialists, you know, I mean, he's the cream of the crop. And uh, they asked this question, they framed it this way, they said, how many of you in here, if you had a patient that had HIV, adult T-cell cholerama anemia, or grid 192, gay rectally infected disease called uh, AIDS, um, angrily in infected, uh, then uh, would you recommend them continuing to have sex with their married partner if the married partner did not have um, the HIV, AIDS, or any of the markers for this disease? Not one hand went up. Here's the deal. These individuals that were the top of the medical field that really knew their craft would not recommend their patient or someone in that patient's family to continue to have sex with them. See, when it says body fluids, it's talking about every kind of body fluid. You see, a lot of people don't think about stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you can do a lot of things, but I mean, it's just, you know, you, you have to think about what you're dealing with because, see, like um, over in Louisiana right now, um, man, let me tell you something. They have an AIDS epidemic like you wouldn't believe, and they have an outburst in of syphilis. I mean, higher than anything in the nation, and I was shocked because down where the farm site is in Ragley, um, I was looking and listening to the news comments, and something has happened in Ragley. I don't know what happened. I guess there's a drug interdiction or something like that going on. But all of a sudden, or everybody in the swamp down there is sleeping with everybody else's old lady or whatever because they have had an explosion in syphilis to the point that they are number one out of the entire state, and the state's number one in the nation. So, I mean, you you have to really be careful what you're doing. Well, I know uh, uh, my grandson, he'll come to me and talk to me, and, man, let me tell you, he is particular about picking women. And they would all, they'll come knock on his trailer, man. They want to, I mean, but whatever. 
It's just uh, even a condom can't stop it, 20. Yep, I've got a six-hour turnaround tomorrow. Free up, go to the clinic, free back. That's about the size of it, 20, just like trying to catch water with a net. <laughs> yeah, reach in there and scoop up about 50 gallons of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hell, you got to hug somebody. Reminds me of old Judd Ashmore in San Antonio. Hug somebody and make you feel good. <laughs> sure can. If if you're having sexual contact, you got to remember that sperm is just like blood. It's equated to blood. It's equated to wine. That was the controversy when the Messiah taught them the secrets and the analogies that even the greater majority of his followers left him because they said that is a hard saying. Who can bear it? Who can do it? And in one of the quotes, Mary Magdalene looked at him and questioned him. And he looked at her and says, Shall you two also leave me? Consequently, the answer was no, because they understood the secret. And see, this is part of this ancient knowledge um, that says drink from your own fountain and your own sister. You have to understand what these people are talking about. And uh, well, Saturn. Um, and Saul Invictus, uh, so you're you're looking um, the priest of On is the priest of light. Om in uh, Hindu is light. On priest of On, uh, see Job was in reality a priest of On, a priest of light in Egypt. Saul is the uh, Latin form for the same thing, light or sun. So Tosianus records it in volume 10, section 12, 318, current era. And it says, uh, I know I've got it down. I just, uh, I've quoted it so many times. It's, um, it's, um, Zeus, Zeus, Jesus, Jesus, Peter, Father, Vitarius, Victorious, Saul, Invictus, the Invincible Son, Jupiter, the Jupiter and Zeus are, uh, 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 are, are equated together. 
And yet, when you look at them, you're looking at terms that are equated to uh, Saturn, Saturnalia. See, the seventh level, you would be referring to the seventh crown chakra. Uh, so he would say Sol Invictus, the invincible sun. And uh, it really meant one that has an illuminated or enlightened state of mind is invincible to the ignorant. He's invincible because he or she has learned how to open the power of a God within themselves because they can only open it from within the kingdom of the temple within the mind. Shut down is Hades restart. Jesus hibernates. Bears beats Battlestar. 2001, the two sons, the child is delivered. You have two stages of life within your own mind. You have a conscious uh, on two levels. See, every level has to have a, a pair, a, a male and a female. And so when you look at that, see, there must be a female to interact. That's why when you look at the phallus of Asmodi or Asmodeus, also known as Baphomet, notice the goat god, he's got uh, horns uh, on his head for the twin horns of power, and they curl. And uh, you look at his feet, he's got the feet of a cloven hoof. Well, you could eat the animal that had the cloven hoof that digested uh, or chewed the cud. So he's telling you that there is a division of thought that must occur. But when you see the phallus come up and it has the three loop de loos like, you know, going up a, a ladder like on a caduceus, you're looking at the three or four levels of the mind. And he is impregnating those. So, I mean, it, it's not necessarily what the hell you think it means, but it, it has a very significant spiritual mental meaning. the so-called uh, clergymen and things and the governmental systems kind of vilified it so they wouldn't look there and they just take it at what they tell them it is. Yeah, they, they, they do that and they put it right out in front of you and bastardize it and then they go and do it, but they do it in the groves and things of that nature. See, if you looked at the owl, the owl is the wise old bird. But they'll sign up there and it will say, no spiders allowed here. In other words, you can't come in here and spin a new web or a new weave a new web. See, Clarissa, uh, in uh, one of the uh, uh, movies with uh, Schwarzenegger and uh, Wilt the Stilt, uh, they were hunting the widow of the web. And she had the ability to give the knowledge of time and, uh, I mean, the, the secrets are hid in these different movies and stuff. It was once considered the sun, 20. Venus was the mother. The reason is is there's a battered bracelet uh, between Jupiter and Venus. And that Job, in the book of Job, it refers about it. And Job is really Jobab, 
I think it's in the seventh or the ninth chapter of Genesis. He is one of the sons of Joktan, the sons of Job, uh, Jobab is his name. He has a brother named Ophir, and that's where the gold of Ophir come from, and that king is recorded in the Mexico City Library. Uh, and it's uh, King Ophir who sent gold three years' journey by water to the temple of the great God. So, I mean, um, they really twisted around, and, and the Bible has been taken from at least 16 Savior knowledge uh, that uh, dwelt in mangers, uh, were born from a virgin, uh, born in a cave. Uh, I mean, th- this secret goes back all millennium uh, before the Bible. And uh, you're really, you're you're really following the ancient beliefs from time uh, immemorial, or immemorial. The Venus is called the day star, the day bringer. Um, Jesus is the enlightened mind, absolutely. So you you can't impregnate to bring the Christ or the chrisming effect online. You can't make the chrisming effect occur in the brain if you're not enlightened enough to know how to do it. And that's why it says that Jesus must truly come uh, before the Christ. Why? He had to declare the day star. He had to declare the coming of the light, the illumination. And so when you look at that, you could just as easily say uh, Lucifer had to come. Because Lucifer meant the bright shining one, the day star, the the declarer of the arising of the sun, uh, and it's called the the sun or the star of the morning, the bright and morning star, and yet it's referring to Venus. (coughs) They're never going to let you see the real shape of the earth as it is, because... um, it would destroy all of their religious beliefs. You'd throw out their damn lies. Um, and um, anyway. That's the truth. I had been listening to what Admiral Byrd had said about the land beyond the ring of, uh, uh, you know. Well, that's that's why that it's the only place on this planet that there is a treaty that's never been broke, and there's never been a war uh, fought there since we went there under uh, Operation High Jump uh, to try to get in there with Byrd. And uh, once they got their ass kicked in just a little bit of time, they got the hell out of there. Oh, I understand that. But if you look at some of the esoteric, uh, uh, well, the teachings, but also the, you know, the, the the paintings and drawings that they have with the dome over it and stuff and the man sticking his head through the dome. Yeah, he's looking at the other universes that are out there. But see, this is the thing. They have you caught under the dome. Ninety-nine and nine-tenths of the people will never, ever look through the veil of the dome. So basically, there's no escape from under the dome. Well, uh, 
that's a unique thing you're saying right there because it depends. So there is a mechanism that's operating in the mind, but there's a lot of stuff that people are calling ETs um, that are extra or off-worlders. And in reality, that term is not necessarily consistent with an off-worlder versus, let's say, uh, an on-worlder. It's just that the on-worlder is uh, terrestrial, and he or she may have developed or have naturally uh, evolved um, a certain traits and characteristics uh, that uh, would make them appear to be as if they were more powerful than others. And you'll see people that either uh, it opens up in them or they develop it, and uh, they become different than other people. It's not that they're not like you. It's just that they have done the things that it takes to make that activate. I understand. So in an essence, you can say they are extraterrestrial because they have extra... Uh, yeah, we're, that's we're right. That's what I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about a physical human being that is the extraterrestrial because you have extra abilities. And yeah. um, see that that's that's part of the stuff. But see, um, it's easier sometimes to tell people and put it out yonder. Somebody else, something else can do this and do that. Uh, when you start deal, dealing with multiple realities and multiple dimensions, um, you're bending time and space and making time and space to re-augment itself to your pictured, emotionalized will. See, that's why we can shape matter. That's why we can alter our own DNA. I understand. Well... Mr. Donations, I, I can understand where you're coming from to a certain extent, but there's a little more to it than that. And, uh, that's one of our biggest problems right now. We want other people to bow down and worship us and take our bullshit, and, and uh, we're the only super umo nuno that knows anything. That, that crap won't fly. You're right, Lula. I get more joy out of helping people. <laughs> and uh, that usually makes it easier doing other things and, uh, because I do. I mean, I, I expect a continual flow of blessings to me for what I'm doing, what I, uh, I intend to do, uh, what I see in my mind. Because I'm putting those things out that produce and bring forth good back to me. That's true. There you go. You know, here's the thing. 
I, I remember Smith Wigglesworth uh, was a man that was known to have the gift of faith. Smith could believe for just about anything. He was from England. And uh, he was teaching one night uh, at a, you know, a big blowout revival, whatever you want to call it. And uh, there was a guy that was an atheist there. And boy, it just aggravated him no end, you know, when Smith talked about God and believing and trying to explain faith to him. And so this uh, this individual goes out, you know, in the woods uh, or out, you know, away from, you know, everybody else. <laughs> Gets out of his car and he screams to the top of his lungs, God, if you're out there, let me know. And he said what floored him was a little, still, small voice come back to him and it says, if you'll act. Like I am, I will be. You see, what the problem is, is we've got people that can't see it, don't want to know about it, um, and because it's it's uh, it's too spiritual for them to give me feedback. Uh, it's, it's too spiritual for them, somebody is. And uh, so consequently, uh, uh, they naturalize it. Uh, um there's a young man that's uh, in our expanded family or whatever you want to call it that way. And uh, this young man has seen me heal people, take third-degree burns, turn them into first-degree uh, or just a light blister, I mean instantly. And uh, the instant he sees me start to pray for them, he spins on his heel and walks out as fast as he can. because. He consciously, in his rational, physical, five-sense-oriented mind, he just cannot understand what in the hell I'm doing or what's happening or making that happen. And since he can't see it, taste it, touch it, feel it, smell it, or put something in it, uh, it don't exist. And yet, he's seen it happen time and time and time again. And then what they'll do is, since they can't, they will try to talk anybody else that can see it or has experienced it out of their experience because they just can't go there. And so you have to understand, you know, there are people that, uh, they're, they're basically good people. It's just that, crap, they just flat ass don't know and don't believe. And uh, that's why it says that the Messiah, when he went into certain places, he could do no great work there because of their unbelief. It wasn't nothing to do with him. It was that those people were so physically oriented, so five cents limited. Hell, they just couldn't believe where it to occur. Nope, I don't have nothing open but this telephone. Everything else on this end is dead. Um, Jim, it's getting close to nine, and like I said, I have got to get up and leave early in the morning. And uh, y'all want to keep going and throw dust in the air, you know, that's your business. But uh, uh, I, I would seriously go to thinking about using my mind right now and uh, start practicing. I mean, hell, despise not to pay a small thing. It's them little bitty foxes that tear up the vines in a, in a watermelon patch. They just get out there rip, run, and play. They ain't doing nothing but just running and having a good time. 
And see, people omit the simple things. They leave off of those things that they could do that would really straighten the program out and really help people. So think about that. Uh, if you don't do it, ain't going to happen. Um, I mean, uh, I know they've been preaching fear. That's how they control people. They they got to get that fear. See, once they put the fear word up, they're they're putting a program suggestion to create a doubt. Well, if it wasn't defined or it wasn't solidified or it wasn't rejected by the hearer, then over time that thing will keep coming back. It's like planting a seed in the field out there. Who hath planted uh, the, these tares? An enemy hath done that. Well, in reality, the enemy was the man uh, the man's own mind. Because he or she did not watch over and guard over that field. That field is the subconscious, and you can put a thought in there, and she will become pregnant. So it's something for you to think about. And uh, uh, Yuck and P- uh, Pacholi and MJ come on. Uh, they're they're real wise in their ideas and stuff. And Jim, that wouldn't be a bad idea to get the two of them on, let them go, and uh, just do us a favor, if you will, though, MJ and Pacholi. Do your best to hang it to where we can orient it back to the mind and how to use the mind, how to make things alter and change just by using your mind in conjunction with what you're doing. And I think you will find you will have far, far more successes than you ever had in failures, and you'll find out that your understanding will be greatly prospered and blessed. Jim, I love you. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here and uh, wish you all a good night, blessings and everything. I hope y'all had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, we had a great time. All our family come from everywhere. But uh, anyway, uh, Jim, if you got it, holler and uh, I'm gonna let you have it because I'm gonna I'm gonna get ready. I gotta get up early. All right, brother. We love you now. Shalom, prosper, be in perfect, divine health, and be safe going. Up to the VA. Okay, I got you. Catch you later. Same to you, brother. Well, Pacholi, if you're in there, or Michael Joseph, uh, I mean, Mike, what we'll say, you're free to come in if you want. Just let me know now so that I can, uh, you know, do this. Well, about 25 minutes, that'll, that'll work. Hey, Jim. Michael Joseph here. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, thank you. Jolie, you in there? Uh, Luke's here. What's that? Uh, I'm Luke. Hey, Luke. Hey, uh, um, I, I go better. Uh, I don't really have an agenda um, or anything to speak to, uh, so... I don't know if people have questions, you know. Uh, I, I just have, I guess, one thing that I would like to mention. Uh, you know, this past week, I was weekend, I was in the mountains and uh, Thanksgiving, and I was talking to a lot of people who were, you know, very well educated. They got high degrees and high positions in society. And I was talking about how in 1991, U.S. Uh, the Congress acknowledged 
what's called uh, the Noahide Laws, the Seven Noahide Laws. And, you know, all they could talk about was Islamic takeover and Sharia law being instituted. And I said, were you aware that the United States acknowledged the Noahide Law in 1991? And uh, you you could have heard a pin drop. And that's sort of the point, isn't it? You know, um, the manipulation um, of our psyches by the media with imagery and uh, in words uh, to the point that uh, two systems of law are being pitted against themselves and we lose sight of the men and women who are, you know, the victims of this manipulation. It's unfortunate. But it's but it's it's a, like Gary said, speaking to the mind, it's a, it's a testament to how easily men and women can be manipulated, you know, through imagery and uh, and through their fears. I could understand that, brother. And uh, I there was one fellow sitting there who claimed he was a you know neurosurgeon from such and such and. I don't give a shit if he's got 20 degrees from the best colleges in the country, you know. You only you know what you know, and uh, you might be really good at what you know, but every one of us needs to bring our gold and share our gold so that uh, none of us can really brag, you know. We just share what we got, and uh, and we all leave enriched, you know. Well, but, I believe that. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was going to follow up and then I'll, I'll just shut down for a minute. The pride aspect of, you know, I'm highly degreed or I've got this or that or I hold this position is such a killer, you know, because uh, it shuts down the mind. I, I agree with you, brother. It does. I mean, we're all here to put forth you know, and live an overcoming so-called prosperous life, you know, and do good to our fellow man and things of that sort. But, you know, the sad part about it is everybody's got a choice. They can do either or. I mean, when the answer is basically given to us, we still got that choice. Well, that's true. Choices... um what was the movie, The Matrix, where the, the architect said choice is simultaneously the answer and also the problem? Yes. Um, because the other thing is, clearly, mankind um, as a whole has not been granted um, to know or to um, reestablish itself as it was before. Um, um, and... Uh, so um, the Holy Scriptures, I don't care which which scripture you you choose from, speaks to um, um, a group of people called the election or the remnant, and uh, you can you can look at this as a, a group of people in the world, um, a society, if you like, you know, or you could even maybe even think about this as certain thoughts and archetypes of uh, thought in mankind's consciousness. I suppose they're true on both levels. But um, unless 
you know, one has been chosen, you know, because, you know, they say the the teacher, um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, you know, because the student will show fruit to indicate that the student is now ready to receive that knowledge. Um, but the teacher sort of has to choose to teach, right? <laughs> it's kind of a, you know, so is it within the student's uh, ability to come up in his own um like if he's walking under his conscious mind, it seems that there's no ability for the student to come up. But when he surrenders his conscious mind and relies upon, you know, what, what you know, in Judeo-Christianity calls the Holy Spirit, um, then there's a teacher that's without him. It's a teacher that is not in his ability, in his conscious mind, to perceive, to bring him into to truth, right? A greater hand, if you will, a guiding well, yeah. hand that's greater. Well, I understand that, but it, like you're saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, or when the teacher uh, has something to put forth, I, I truly believe the that the people will come, the ones that need to hear it. You know, I mean, it works either or. You know, and I think that. If, but there again, we also need to be consciously conscious of things around us. And I mean, people are always saying many different types of things. And, you know, some of it may be truth, some may be an error. But even though we're not consciously conscious of it, it's we're still hearing it, and it gets kind of somewhat. Uh, I wouldn't say the seed is planted there, whether it uh, comes to fruition or not is another thing. Right. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I learned years ago that if somebody, um, you know how people will talk, and I am myself am guilty of it, and I'm trying to change it, we will project by using the word you. It's not that we're trying to, you know, hurt somebody, but it's a means by which, you know, we do on a level that sometimes we don't pick up, um, that we're actually projecting the angers and the fears upon somebody else, the the one who's listening to the story, right? Yes, um, I, I see where you're coming and, from. Yeah, and, and, you know, so when people naturally do that, and I perceive that they're doing it, not in malice, but, you know, it's just but they that they haven't picked up on the fact that they're doing that. I just in my mind I just quietly say cancel, you know. And it's a way for me to keep my garden free of uh of weeds. Oh, I agree with you there cuz I mean I mean there's a lot of so-called negativity out there and if if we don't keep it close to us, I mean you know, they'll be mowing our grass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. <laughs> well. Well, what I yeah. mean is you you got the weeds and the terror, sort of. I mean, uh, we got to, like you said, we got to closely guard it and, you know, choose what we uh, want to think and endeavor to think. And don't let every wind of doctrine be 
tossing us around here and there and everywhere. Yeah, we have to weigh. Um, if we're going to be like Peter, the church, and we're going to try to, you know, walk in an ecclesiastical way or as in the way or whatever, you know, then we can't be double-minded. We can't we can't say that we're going to walk in the way or in the name, you know, which is the same thing. It's saying the same thing. To, to call on the name is, is another way of just saying to, it's how you live your life. Yes, sir. And so we have to be real careful about that, you know. Uh, and um, I have a, uh, um, well, a couple of colleagues here that, well, we we talk right here, they're, they're 20 minutes down the road from me, and we talk a lot about, you know, interacting with, um, well, we call them, you know, folks that are kind of asleep at this point. They don't they don't even realize that there's, you know, that there's a, there's something going on. But, um, you know, the idea is is um, learning about you know your your private nature and your your public nature and uh, what it means to walk in the way. And if you're if you're walking in this way then you're just going to have, naturally speaking, you're going to have conflicts with people that, you know, in, in one, in, in, they'll say, they'll, they'll speak a sentence and they'll say, we desire peace and we want to we want to live in peace at night and live with our windows unlocked and our doors unlocked. But then, you know, they say that, um, you know, we, we ought to, we're gonna bomb those people back to the Stone Age. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Look how well, double minded. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. <laughs> and then, you know, um, I'm in the mountains, and I guess I should have known going up to the mountains. But, um, and I don't mind folks that hunt for food if they if they need to forage for food. I mean, I I appreciate a man, you know, taking care of his family. But I sort of have a problem when the when there's so much food on the table that you know the people have become gluttonous because you know there's nothing to do but watch the football games or or eat you know and and people are still getting their guns and going out there and shooting five or six deer you know at that point I got a big you know I'm like where's the love man you know I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I, I I agree with you, brother. It's just like, I mean, the, and I hope I don't offend nobody. This is just my opinion. I mean, what they call churchianity or Christianity, the preachers tell them to come Monday, Wednesdays, and Sundays to, to services. And, I mean, I know everybody's looking uh, to find the divine creator, and that so-called yeah. churchianity aspect is telling them, oh, I have it here. But you go two blocks down, and there's another church just like theirs, and they're telling them, no, he don't have it, even though it's the same kind of church. It's right here in this church, you know. And then uh, people are being tossed to and fro, and they get more confused. And uh, like you were talking about how there's, like, conflicts there, people say one thing and do another. I mean, if they can just... Yeah. You know, they they put uh, how can I put it? God to the side when they want to do other things, and uh, when it should be a daily 
concept and a daily idea within us, a desire to seek and go onward and upward, you know, to, to endeavor to find the knowledge and then do it and walk in it. And when we do walk in it, there is going to be conflict there, like you were saying, because they're not, they might not be seeing it, and they're going to come back at us and call us all manner of things. But we got guard over mm-hmm. her, that subconscious mind with that that precious knowledge, and endeavor to help them wake them up. But nevertheless, it's their choice. That's it. So you can't trespass. You can't say, hey, you know, stop what you're doing and listen to me because that would be a trespass. You have to, you know. But, I mean, look, um, we learned that, you know, if you want to use Jesus, Yeshua, Yehoshua, uh, whatever, I just meet people on the road, and I'm just going to say for the listener who, you know, first-time listener, Jesus, I'm going to say Jesus, but... um, if you think about the Son as being the first emanation from the Father, um, and that the Son is in the perfect image of the Father, and then um, we are, where I would say Christ is in the perfect image of the all, the all in all, um, and we are supposed to come to that perfect image of Christ. I and agree. What we're, what, we're to- what we're seeking without, you know, trying to make that jump, is complete emergence with the all. A, a complete I and the Father are one um, coming to a statehood of oneness. And unfortunately, like I think Gary actually said it tonight on this on this um, call. He said, unfortunately, folks have, um, or somebody did, so, um, folks have placed one um man and said, hey, this is the one man, he's the superhero, and, um, but Obadiah, verse chapter, well, there's only one chapter in Obadiah, but verse 21 in Obadiah says, and save yours, plural, will come up on Mount Zion, yes. and, you know, um, he didn't say to Moses, hey, Moses, get on up here, because, um, you're the guy, and all the rest of them got to stay down on the mountain. The invitation was for all of Israel to climb that mountain, right? Yes, sir. And so that's the invitation today. Everybody, come on up, man. Oh, yes, you know? sir. And, but he, he hearkened unto that their inner voice, and, you know, some people some people say it, you know, it was uh, a literal thing. You know, it may be, but I mean, from the teachings of the Messiah teacher, he said, my words are spirit, they're mental, and they're life. So, I mean, we got to heed that inner calling within us that's going to push us onward and upward that we might, you know, find our way through the valleys to climb that mountain, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know, he, he said at Psalm 23, we were talking to my father-in-law, who we went up to Natural Bridge in Virginia, and we were sitting there in awe looking at this thing. And, it, you know, anybody can look at something like that and say that the earth is 6,000 years old. is completely retard, you know? <laughs> I agree. And just, 
Um, well, my wife says we don't say that around this house. I better. <laughs> but, you know, talking to my father-in-law, and we're just, you know, um, it doesn't matter, truly. It really doesn't matter. Um, you can you can find wisdom, like you said, in all scriptures. You can pick up and learn about the Buddhas and find tremendous wisdom in the Buddhic systems and, and pick up the Judeo-Christian um, writings. And if you look deeper and you have a priest to explain it to you, then you'll start to see they're actually complimenting each other. They're they're talking about some of the same exact stuff. They just use different words, you know. They coded it differently, right? Yes, sir. I agree. Um, so that the carnal mind wouldn't seize on it and use it for its own benefit and say, hey, I'd like to have a brand new car. Where do I sign? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, and by the way, I'd like a new house, too. And I really don't want to work for it, so... Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and sign here and here and there, and um, it'd be all right if you work for it, right, Jim? I mean, I tell you what, I work for your house, okay? You work for mine. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. How about we? How about we each work to build our own house, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, metaphysically speaking, I mean, physically too, though. You know what I mean? I mean, the idea that you know that I can seize on somebody's labor in um, in knowledge. And um, and take from them in their ignorance is repugnant to me. Well, I agree with you. I mean, but you know, we can find knowledge in the oddest places, so to speak, and then we can take that knowledge and build upon it, and maybe through our, our actions, that they may see it, or they may not. That we once, I mean we apply it and see that it works and that it's that jewel that we can hold on to, so to speak, as you hear White Wolf say many times, you know, that we, we're going to and fro in this here earth, but we're going at such a pace that we don't stop and see all those caches that are all around us that we can, you know, all those jewels that we can reach down if we just take the time, pick them up, observe them, and then apply them in our life, and once they we see that they work, and you know if they work, we keep them, and if they don't, we toss them out. you know then we can take that knowledge and understanding not only help ourselves and our families but our fellow men that are and women that are around about us. you know we can present that to them as a possible solution for themselves, but nevertheless, it's still there choice whether to accept it or not you know then maybe they're not at that point of um, understanding that we have come to or vice versa well you know there's a psalm that I'm you know that a lot of people know it's psalm 23 and you hear when people get in real bad trouble you know they'll start to quote in psalm 23 but um but there's a line in there that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, so that low spot, that desert, the valley, you know, the earth, um, you know, of the shadow of death, of, of base consciousness, of just, you know, and then, you know, verses high up on the mountain of Mount Zion, you know, where God dwells. You know what I mean? 
I mean, it's just an analogy, but it's talking to consciousness. Yes. And then he then carries on. He says, um, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, where's St. Paul asked the question about the temple of God? He said, no, you're not, that you're the temple of God. I and, agree. Uh, so where's the house of the Lord? Is it not the consciousness and the manifestation of man? Man is the temple. Yeah. I mean, the Egyptians understood this. I mean, they created the temple of man. Mm-hmm. And the Nile Delta is literally the point of the brain stem coming into the, you know, the, the spinal cord. The, the, the Nile itself is the spinal cord, which flows, yes. interestingly, from south to north, which is, you know, if that's not a statement of the... Uh, Kundalini energy um, experience of the energies rising from the uh, the sacrum up to the uh, you know the the crown you know from south to north and then you know you come into the delta which is the uh, the place where the Abdullah Ambulgadi is right and, oh uh, yes sir and I think what like what you're saying about the Nile Delta and things and which uh, like you said the uh, the brain stem and everything, what they knew within themselves, they were trying to suggest outwardly that other men and women might pick up and see, and at the same ta- same time also remind them uh, of what they're to do on a daily basis and keep it can ever continuously before their eyes and their understanding. Yeah, so, so, I mean, we're like little children being raised in the Father's house because, I mean, you think about it, you know, the the construct that they used, if you choose the um, Judeo-Christian tradition, they chose um, Jesus Christ versus Christ Jesus. And the writers weren't lazy. They they When they say Christ Jesus, they don't mean the same thing as Jesus Christ. It's a it's a totally different meaning. Um, but many read it and they go right by it. And you know the idea is that consciousness has um, you know devolved into flesh. But you know it's kind of like um, I was saying before. It's it's a it's an experience which we chose as the Elohim plural said. Let's make man in our image. And I believe the book of Job says that, you know, when when matter came to manifest, the sons and daughters, you and I, and all of us on this call, and everyone jumped and shouted for joy. We chose, you know, um, to, as you say, devolve consciousness into matter. And Jesus Christ is the opposite. That's, that's, that's consciousness evolving from matter. And it's uh, uh, it's really beautiful when you see it from the perspective of raising children. It's a um, it's a learning experience. And you know who can't say that they've experienced deja vu so strong they knew what was getting ready to happen, and it happened. And yeah, right. we we just throw yeah. those experiences out. Why why do we throw them away? They're real, you know. Oh yes, sir. I agree. I mean, I mean. People, you know, they wonder where deja vu come from. I mean, that's happened to me 
a few times in my life where I know there's a town that I've never been to in my life at that time, but yet I knew everything about that town. I knew the streets, the names of the streets and everything else that have never been there. I even knew the direction I had to go to get where I was supposed to go to when I got to that town. And my dad looked at me, well, why are you going this way? You ain't never been here. Yet I knew. Well, you know um, what a fractal is, Jim? You know, like it's a, it's the same image, but it, it can go to infinity um, in large, or it can go to infinity in uh, small. Into to the mi- microscopic, it can go to infinity in the macroscopic. It, it just repeats the same image over and over again, right? Yes, sir. And uh, and I think that that's part of our lives, you know. It's like you know. Once more around the wheel, um, we we experience, and and, and ulti- ultimately, uh, when you read that, um, you know, the diet that saviors plural will come up, or deliverers will come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. Well, the Mount of Esau's got to be Esau was a man of the field. Esau was red, fleshly. You know, Esau's got to be, you know, in my mind, a symbol for carnality, and you know, Zion is um, that which is um, elevated above. You know, yes, sir. Um, and and the and, and I know there's some groups that will say, uh, you know, it's all spirit, man, spirits. But then, you know, but Jacob served seven years for Leah, and he served seven years for Rachel. You know, so that was balance in the house. You know, he didn't say spirit was better than flesh, you know. It's all, you know what I mean? You can't you can't put one above the other. And um, I think part of the true path is to realize that, um, I like what Gary said last week. You know, he was saying that, that not all of who say they're Israel are Israel, you know, because if you don't, you know, speak act and you know with specific knowledge in your deeds then you're not in the way and 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 those that are a true israel walk in walk their lives out you know in a, yeah. in a particular way you know well when that, when you're talking about the, the the spirit in the flesh what usually people ask me well what's what i said well i look at it this way the highest point of the flesh is spirit and the lowest point of the spirit is the flesh. Say it again. You know what? The highest point of the flesh is spirit, and the lowest point. Say it again. The highest point of the flesh is the spirit. The lowest point of the spirit is the flesh. So it's just one. It's just aspects of the one, natures of the Different one. Different degrees of the same thing. We just. Became into it was light was slowed down to a point where we became visible. Yeah, that's my that's my interpretation too. That that the that the child that was given, you know, I, I think that you know I, I equate Abraham to be the higher the higher self in us, and the child that is given to us, which is our Isaac, is yes. the um, is our um, waking. Um, everyday conscious self. That's our Isaac. Well, didn't he also become the sacrifice? Isn't that what we 
in the flesh we become as as like a sacrifice? Well, that's it. That's the Isaac. And, and he told his, if you read the story, before he could climb the mountain, always Isaac, um, Abraham's going up the mountain, Lot's climbing the mountain, you know, Jesus is climbing the mountain, Elijah's in the mountain. You know, they're always yeah. climbing the mountain, right? And yes. before he could climb the mountain, he left his servants and his, you know, asses at the base of the mountain. I mean, you know, um, that carnality and the stubborn will nature has yes. got to stay at the base of the mountain. You can't take that with you, you know. Or in, if you want to look at the story of Lot, you know, his his emotional state um, was frozen. Not that it was put to death, but preserved in soul. You know what I mean? I, I don't like the way they preach it. Like it's, you know, you've got to kill the emotional state of man. That's just stupid, you know, that this woman is dead because she looked back. Well, emotion's always going to look back. It's just how it well, is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but see, she did it. She didn't do it in ignorance. She did it in disobedience because the angels distinctly told them, do not look back. And she did look back. Well, I know, but think about this. If I if I told you there was an elephant in the room and told you don't look at it, you, I mean, that's just like, um, you know, just, I hear what you're saying. It, it, it was disobedience. I'm not going to say that it's not, but, but you know, when you... Like if you're using an arc welder and they tell you, don't look at the bright light, it'll blind you. And, it, you know, most people, I don't think they intentionally go to look at it. I mean, if they do, that's kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, I, I well, mean, there. I mean, the metaphor could be used in probably more than one way. I'm not saying. I'm just looking at it from one perspective, I guess. Yeah, you know, that's that's. I think there's that's a really wise statement. Is that um, the teacher can teach, uh, but he sort of has to know on what level he's teaching to, and it's. It's not really necessary for the teacher to show off if all the students in the room can't accept what he's, what he's laying down, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's like yeah, I, yeah. nobody's going to get it, you know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, Lot and those angels, they were inside the house. So, you know, they're in a different level of consciousness than, you know, the men of Sodom who were um, in obviously – base carnal consciousness and uh, versus, you know, Lot and these angels and these twin daughters of his, they're they're inside the house. And these, um, so, I mean, I guess you could look at it as a physical story and, and we could, I mean, the thing that's so amazing about the scriptures is it's true on, on every level, you know? I mean, okay, well, I, I don't know. I don't well, know you're about some of those stories. Some of those stories are crazy, but you know, about well, you know, I, these two girls raping their dad, getting him drunk and raping his dad. I'm like, uh, I don't know, you know. But uh, uh, anyway, go ahead. The way you broke well, it down to me really actually changed oh, so much. Like, there's a roadblock that's been in my mind for 20 years, and just having you open up the scriptures that have been pounded into my brain. And showing me the deeper meaning, spiritually, mentally, metaphysically, 
you released me from the bondage that prevented me from being able to pray un, uninhibited. Um, I just wanted to say that. So there's definitely, you know, I mean, there's meanings at every level, but you well, picked it up for me. I, I just want to thank you for that. You really did. Well, thank you for those words. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, but I, I guess what I was saying to Jim is that, like, you know, um, I think the problem is, is like Jeremiah chapter 12, I think it's around verse 7, where it says, many pastors have spoiled my um, my pleasant place. And, <laughs> and the you know, the problem is, is that too many people look at this as, as a literal thing, you know, like a, a literal story. And you know, and then and then in the same breath they say we need to take this Bible and let it let all of our little children read this Bible. Yeah. And there's some stories in that Bible that will make your toes curl. All right, you know what I mean? Um, but um, I think that like when you go look at the book of Ezekiel, you know, and it says Ezekiel right around chapter 44, verse 23, 24, somewhere in there. It says that in those days, the Zadok will teach my people the difference between the clean and the unclean. The Zadok's a priest, and what he's saying is, is, look, this book is supposed to be in the hands of a knowledgeable priest, and he's not going to just give you words, but he's actually going to show you, you know what I mean, and, and help you. And it's not going to be, you know, even though your husband beats you up, you need to still submit and obey him. You leave that bum. You know what I mean? I mean, come on. Yeah. That's the bondage that, that these religious yeah. systems have put people under. You know? Yeah, they put their own spin on it. They twist and turn it to where they can use it for commerce and things of that sort instead of the, the true freedom and the true life of who, we, who and what we truly are and what we're supposed to be. I, I read something the other day, Jim, where it said that the legislative, the judicial, and the um, what's the executive offices are all into one office, and the office is that of the Pope. And so I started looking carefully, and I started noticing that a lot of these heads of state and presidents may all go to see that Pope. And you might say, well you know, this state is not subjective to the Vatican or whatever. Well, then ask yourself a question. Why do they bow their knee and kiss his ring? <laughs> you know, you, you just have to look at the symbol. Don't look at what they say. Look at what they do, you know. Yeah. And, I agree. Um, you know, and, when, uh, uh, when Gary Ray sent out that video, I think it was Thanksgiving morning, about the tribal leaders speaking out, in that, uh, there was a lot in that video, but one of the things that was said by one of the tribal leaders was in 15-something or other, when Cortez conquered North America or this land in the name of the papacy and the Vatican, it just struck me between the eyes. That's where they made their claim. And if you look and you look at the circumstances and you look uh, into the past and see how... The attorneys have all been trained through the Jesuits, Loyola Marymount Law Schools, things like that. It becomes really clear. And then you see how it plays out in our society with the little 
things, but being the I am and understanding the I am and how if your consciousness grasps on to this, <laughs> you're not subject to that. And it's like I'm in that place right now where I've had so much amazing <laughs> information and spirit just given to me from last week and talking to MJ and various other things. You kind of like get so much, then it becomes your decisions, you know? Yes. And you're like, oh, okay, I don't want to mess this up. That's the bottom <laughs> line. That's the decision, the decision and the discernment has to come in and you have to trust. Yes. Well, once you, you pray for wisdom, um, <laughs> then in my opinion, um, the ever-living uses the agency of man to bring you the wisdom that you have asked for. Yep. Yeah, it's all there. It's just that, you know, people are being used in a way that they don't even perceive that they're being used. And in my, this is just my, I'm now stepping out in my opinion. Okay, so I'll just say that right off. That's um, good. It needs to be said, brother. I agree don't with trust. You know, as I always say, you know, you, you need to not, you know, the listener. I'm not. I'm preaching to the choir, not not now, but just to the listener who will listen later. You know, don't trust any man. Do your own work. But, um, you know, speaking to the agency of man, when you when you ask for wisdom and you really do, you know, you you earnestly, you know, intent the intent of the heart. You know, you, you're looking, you're you're searching. You know, there's a promise that's given in the scriptures, and and it says the seeker will find. Yes. And so when you ask and you're earnestly looking, I, just my own experience, it floods me. I mean, it literally, it it, it many times it's too much. It's it's like I I I have to kind of take it and put some of it on the shelf, so to speak, because I'm just not prepared to receive it. Right. Yeah. Sometimes comes in a way we think not. That's why when it comes to us, sometimes we just brush it off. Because yeah. it comes in a way sometimes we think not. Well, for years I used to come to this call, um, and I would listen to Gary, and I would think, uh, okay, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and I would just, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say, you know, um, that, he's wrong, but I would put it on the shelf. I would just take it and say, and I'm just not at that pay grade now. Um, I don't have foundation laid to accept this. So I had to just put it on the shelf and keep working. And then maybe one day when the foundation is laid, then uh, I can take this and pull it back off the shelf and go, oh, God, how did I miss that, you know? But, you know, you can only... That's why it talks about, you know, preparing the seed bed. You know, and one man plants, another man waters, but God gives the increase, you know. Yeah, and it says we have to rightly group it together. And that's how that so-called light flickers on, and you know, that day star dawns yeah. within our mind. Oh, I got it now. Well, I said I was going to speak to opinion, but um, what I wanted to say was that, in my opinion, that the eternal kingdom, like when 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 mankind does come to a point of one oneness and we um, come to a point of um, the true heavenly gifts are returned um, and granted back to man, um, 
that the true happiness, um, that which is birthed from love and not faith, you know, I, when I say faith, I'm speaking to duty and obligation and, you know, people coming together in one group and saying, okay, we're now members of this group and we have obligations to each other. And I'm, that's good. I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying that love is better than that, that love is like, you know, I've been given something in in love to the brethren, I'm going to share it with you, not because, you know, you're part of some group, but just because it just absolutely thrills my heart to to be helpful to another brother and sister that's in their way. Because then you start to really do get a, a glimpse at, you know, the agency of man and how the ever-living works through us, you know, if we if we open ourselves to that possibility. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. It says that, well, everything is based on love. Because even the Messiah teacher said that when he said, gave those two excerpts in the Gospels, when he said, which is greater, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, or strength, or to love your neighbor as yourself? And most people go to the first one. And the Messiah teacher said, no, it's the second one, to love your neighbor as yourself. So it's all based in love and compassion. Those are two are well, connected. Yeah, and, and they are connected in, in the way that, um, um, you know, I, a while, years ago I was given this one, and it was um, to quit looking at Cain and Abel as as children, as like, you know, physical beings, you know what I mean, with, with lineages in the earth and to start looking at them as actual churches. And um, if you look at a king, like, for instance, when you look at a king and you look at the body of the king, what you're looking at when you see the body of a king is all the people that are are part of that dominion, of the king's dominion. You're looking at the entire state um, when you look at a king. And so when you look at Adam... He called their name Adam and told them go to go forth and take dominion. When you look at the first emanation of Adam, you're looking at the totality of all of mankind in this first emanation of Adam. And you know, when you look at Cain, you're looking at a church, and you look at Abel, you're looking at a church. And what did it say of Cain? It said Cain was the tiller of the ground. Cain developed love from faith. He developed his religions. His religion, you see, and then and then faith was birthed from love. Well Abel didn't do that. He said Abel was a keeper of the sheep. And Abel just stayed on the thoughts of God. He didn't try to till the ground and try to mix his thoughts with, you know, God's thoughts. You know what I'm saying? He didn't try to just say, all right, let me scratch the ground a little bit on that one and see what I can come up with. And uh, so which one's better, the one that births faith, you know, or um, love from faith or the, or the one that births, births faith from love? Now, obviously, love is predominant. Love is better. But, I mean, that's just it's just a philosophy. So... 
you know, when you when you deal with the world, you're always, no matter how much you try to separate church and state, you can never separate church and state. For sure. Because it's part of your way. It's part of who you are. So how can you do it? You can't do it. When we talked, you, uh, I don't know if you actually have time for this, but I thought it was really amazing. When you spoke about the imbalance between the left and right brain, the emotional and the analytical, I forget which scripture you brought that out of, but that really, something about, I thought it was about going up to the mountain. I hope you can clarify um, that, but it was like I really wanted to be clear on that because I need to balance. Julie, <laughs> um, uh-huh. really the thing that's interesting is that um, when I when I'm like called into the moment with somebody and it starts to flow it. out of me, You're in the to spirit. go back to it and come back to it is really hard for me because it it, it literally just kind of flows out. If, if okay. I had to, um, well, I have the I have the notes. I just thought it would be an awesome thing to bring out right here, but that's okay. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about, and I and I'll say this. Um, you know, when you look at the book of Deuteronomy, it says. Um, well, let me see if I can get it in front of me right now. But it said that basically, you know how it said they took them. Um, they wandered out in that desert for like forty some odd years, right? Mm-hmm. And it took them uh, a long time to get from one point to the other point, like 40 years. But when you look at Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 2, it says there are 11 days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Sihir unto Kadesh Barnea. Now, you got to know a little bit of geography um, before, you know, when you can lay this out, right, if you really want to uh, understand what you're reading here. What it's telling you is, <clears throat> when when uh, when you read in the Old Testament, you'll read that, and sometimes they were commanded if they came up by the way of the south, they would leave by the way of the north, and other times they were commanded come up by the way of the north and leave by the way of the south. Okay, but don't always come the same way. Is the way is what they were told, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I know north, south, east, west, like you have to look at the analogy. You have to look at the specific analogy of what you're being told because north and south can also be, in the in the, um, in the the metaphor, north can stand for that which is um, intellectual and south for that which is spiritual, right, or um, that which is of the, of the right side of the brain would be, um, you know, in many cases that, that, Said to be the east side, but um, in many analogies, it's 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 uh, spoken of as the south side. Remember, where does the river? What does the river flows out from the south? Okay, so the river of waters flows out from beneath the throne, um, southward, and you know well, you're 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 looking at spirit, and and so when you look at the the left side, you're looking at intellect. You're looking at um, Man saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it my my way. My will be done. You know, um, I'm gonna figure it out." And, and well, man's tried that for a long time now. You know, <laughs> right? And uh, um, and so you know, the 
the um, the equation was given to us by Jesus, who who taught us to pray. Um, Hallowed be Thy name, Thy way, Thy kingdom come. Will Thy will be done? And so that's why you know Luke, when he wrote, he called those who would um, submit themselves to the way, O excellent Theophilus, which is another way of saying friend of God. You you have you've submitted and you have been pulled up now. You, you you bowed your knee, and now you've been pulled up, and now you have you become you take on the status friend of God, and that you are now useful because you can be entrusted with the powers of the kingdom to come, which is what Hebrews chapter 6 is saying. Hebrews 6 is saying, look, can we now leave the principal doctrines of Christ? I mean, you've been taught that. So we can now leave that now. You know, we can now move on and become like Job. What what did it say of Job? He was a perfect man, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then in, he, in Hebrews 6, it said that that's what we want to push on towards perfection, you know? And and people, the only thing they want to tell you about is salvation, <laughs> you know? Right. And, well, let's talk about perfection, all right, you know? And um, let's talk about transfiguration. Let's talk about, you know, Jesus spoke to Mar- um, Martha, and uh, and he he said, if you believe, that, I mean, you truly believe, which is, a, go look at that word believe. I challenge every reader in the New Testament, like John 3.16, for instance, go look at that word believe. It, it doesn't mean like, you know, yeah, yeah, I think this stuff. No, it means you place your trust. It means to entrust. So if you if you place your trust somewhere, you're going to obey. You're going to do. You're going to submit. You're gonna you're gonna live by a certain set of laws and practices. So he said, if you believe, he said, then you won't see death. And he said, do you do you believe this? Do you? I mean, can you get down with this, Martha? And she said, Yeah, Lord, thou art the uh, resurrection. In other words. All she could hear is what church had had uh, put in her ears all of her life that one right. day she was going to cross over Jordan and die, mm-hmm. and that maybe she would see the promised land. But he told her that the promised land could be accessed today um, if she believed. She would never see death. Wow. But her, but she limited herself, you know, and uh, yeah. and we do the same thing. Um, and, um, you know, like, you know, in the Old Testament, they talk about throwing things in the fire. Like, you know, they, they threw, like, scarlet, and they threw hyssop, you know, right? Well, you go to the Book of Kings, and you start reading about this hyssop, and and it's a really interesting thing. Um, is there's They talk about this wall in the Book of Kings and these fibers growing through the wall. And I want to tell you, that when you join that left and right side, punji fibers, and go look it up. Go, go check me out. Go look up the corpus callosum and punji fibers. And these are connections. Um, these are neural connections in your brain that will grow through that wall, that corpus callosum, and connect the left and the right. And so, <laughs> you know, you've got these aspects you know, I mean, like for instance, like I, I challenge you to do a study of the trees. Look at all the trees that are mentioned in the Old Testament. There's 12 trees mentioned in the Old Testament. 
And each one of them has different meanings and speaks to different aspects of what we are and, and levels of consciousness. And so I just looked this really, up. Is it the myelinated fibers? Pungy. Pungy fibers. They're called pungy. It's not naming them here, but it's talking about them, I think. A huge band of myelinated fibers, the corpus callosum connects the two cerebral hemispheres. Yes, and yes. The, cerebral, the cerebral hemispheres are called the, what are they called? They're called the um, cerebellum, as in uh, uh, the cherubim. The, they, 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 they threw you off just a little bit and called them cerebellum. Uh, and then you have the two cherubim that cover the mercy seat, the, the arc, and, oh. and their wings touch in the middle, but oh. then they, they touch, they extend to the outer wall. You're looking at a picture of your brain. Okay. Yes. That is your brain. Wow. In the mercy seat, there's there is an arc. There is a altar. When you climb those thirty three steps, you will find an altar, and you will find two olives on the left and the right. You will find the pyramid sitting there at the top of the altar. It's all there. It's all. I used to wonder why was um, Leonardo da Vinci? Um, why was he so interested in those days of you know looking at all these. Um, dead bodies and you know as a doctor he's cutting them open trying to learn about it well i think that they realized long ago that those scriptures were, tell, were telling us about us right. and that um they had gone into the pyramids and learned that it was a classroom and they sat at the feet of those old masters and learned and um you know um, for instance um, isaiah chapter 19 verse 19 do the gematria and you'll find that that the gematria equals exactly the height of the pyramid in, in the um, according to the uh, the key in the queen's chamber. You know, it, in in that verse is is really interesting. It says that there will be an altar in the midst of Egypt. There will be an altar unto the Lord, right, as a witness. Well, there it is. It's a classroom. Wow. It, it's a classroom. So, um, it was never a grave. No, it's a classroom. Mm-hmm. They're they're all classrooms. All those monuments around the world are classrooms, and um, and so you know these different aspects of us. I mean, hey, I'm like in kindergarten as far as I can tell. I come to this call and listen to what's being said, and I mean, many days it's so far over my head I just sit and listen. You know, <laughs> I but, know. Me too. Um, you know, like King Solomon. You know, in 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 Saul Solomon, he talks about these. Um, he talks that there's things that are said in Song of Solomon. It's like, okay, this is way above my pay grade. But um, but it's just aspects of our consciousness, and then we're going to have to, you know, but the, but the what I take solace in, um, solace is an interesting word, what I take comfort in is that it is a promise that says that the seeker, the seeker will find. And so, you know, if you seek with your whole heart, you're promised you'll find, you know? I trust that. It's been my experience. Um, I guess it's just when it gets intense, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It becomes, uh, I, I guess when it's when it's something that you haven't actually had to walk into before. <clears throat> but I, I'm... I'm getting clarity. I just have to be patient, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, because every you know all the um, the preachers and all have taught us to 
to pray um, as if God is somewhat externalized from us. Yeah. Um, and also taught us to pray for the dumbest stuff in the world. Like, you know, we pull up to Walmart and pray for the parking spot in the front row as if God is some kind of cosmic Santa Claus, you know. Genie, right. Yeah. And it's crazy, you know. I mean, It's like maybe like he I, says no and makes you park in the very end so you can walk because you need it. <laughs> let me ask you a serious question. Do you think that God is an American? No. No, no. Okay. No. Well, do you think that if I ask God to, like, if if my aunt has got some kind of sickness and I ask God, I say, God, will you please heal my aunt? Um, why would God do for one that God won't do for another? I wouldn't. Oh, you mean why some people get healed and some people don't? Or? No, I'm just saying. I, I don't perceive that the scriptures tell me that God is biased. So why would no, God do for one in, in, in exclusion of another? Like, you know, I go to a football game and, and I see people at the end of the end of their seats biting their fingernails praying to God for a win. Right. You know, as if God is somehow, you know, a fan of... Um, you know, one team and not another. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I, I don't, um, I don't perceive that. I don't. I perceive that's our own consciousness, which is seeking to limit. I am. I am is being. I am is literally coming to the point of God is, and then stopping. Don't say anything else behind that. God is. That's it. Mm-hmm. So there has to be total opposites in order for it to balance out. Well, there certainly the Hebrew alphabet shows us that, um, that there's a duality in every letter of the alphabet. Uh, and But would you, would you perceive that good and evil are tools in the hand of God to, to shape man's consciousness and, and bring man to, the, uh, to what we call the sabbatical man or the seventh-day man or the the man that Christ has been formed in. I mean, yes. And in an aspect, you could say that, but they're also, the good and evil are are both the same thing. They're just different degrees of the same thing. Yeah, so if you look at it just as a tool, um, then then he says, I form the light, I form darkness, and what's the Psalm 139? And they're both the same to me, you know? So, um, so then how can I say, I mean, I can say God is love, and that would be a true statement, but does it exclude other, other things in my mind? Well, yeah, it does. And and therefore, I've now limited the ever, the ever-living. I've limited the limitless. I think I all myself. things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So, yeah, but there are all things. We all, go ahead. Like it says all things. That's you know, it doesn't say only good things. It says all things work together for good. I agree, but it also says not everybody knows how to ask either. Because it, well, it even in the good book, they many of them pray amiss. Yeah. Because they don't that know the true. correct way to pray, and it gives us the correct way of praying. That's why, I mean, that's what. 
White Wolf and us teaching on the call, but at the same time, uh, I, I had uh, told White Wolf about How to Pray in Power by Greg Braden. He also sees that also, but he's kind of put it in a video form. And the two scriptures that they've taken out of the King James Version and condensed it and kind of twisted it, I mean, he kind of brings the actual verses that should have been in there all along. Hmm. Well, I just want to say, like, if you, if you are, like, when you're young, you aren't not, I will, I'll speak for myself. When I was younger, I was completely oblivious. And I kept noticing the same pattern happening over and over again. And then without ever having gone to any church, reading any Bible, having any religious training or spiritual training my entire, you know, uh, teen years and all of that, in my 20s, I started saying, okay, what, what have I done to have this happen repeatedly? What am I not learning here? Am I supposed to learn something so this will stop? So these things started coming into my mind. So I failed the test, but I didn't, I mean, it was okay because it eventually led me to the path, if you see what I'm saying. So even though yes. they were horrible situations, um, it worked for good, ultimately. Well, that's really interesting what you said because I had this thought today. I was riding, we were riding back from the Blue Ridge Mountains and uh, was in the car for four hours and just thinking, and I thought, you know, I think everybody is on the same path of salvation because the book of Jonah tells us that I'm not going to lose one of them, Jonah. Don't sit over here like a pious religious, you know, preacher in the East and think that I. He said, get down there and show them and teach them. I'm not going to lose one of them. And so um, yeah. I think everybody is on the path where, you know, like Genesis 1. That's, Genesis 1 to me is much less about the creation of the universe, physical matter, and more about God working in the consciousness of mankind to bring to bring man from the status of the natural brute beast to the sixth-day man, the man that's been enlightened, and then onward even from that aspect to the seventh-day man. You know, if you want to look at the temple, it's going from the outer court into the Holy of Holies to the sixth day, and then you have to look up, and then you have to cross the glass, the crystal sea, and that's coming to that seventh-day man. So you have the spiritual man, you have the natural man, the spiritual man, the celestial man. And and what I'm thinking is that, you know, it's like it's like what it said. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principality and spiritual forces on high. You know, so we can't look at this guy who is my adversary. You know, at the time, who may be totally ignorant and just saying, "Hey, man, I'm just doing my job." Isn't that man or woman just subjected themselves to to mental forces and archetypes that they themselves don't really understand but are just going through the motions in order to put food on their table? I agree. Yeah, I mean, but... Uh, you know, that's not everybody, but for the most part, I agree with that. Yeah, but the principality and powers doesn't necessarily mean that something out there, it's talking about the thoughts of other men and women that are out there, and those sure. that are trying to usurp 
authority over us because we have the ability to accept it or reject it. Kind of like the so matrix where, where all those agents are, could, could actually infiltrate the people who were just, you know, still yes. in, the, in the matrix. They were like open yes. channels to be used because they hadn't uh, uh, come out of it yet. They've, they've completely accepted the pro- the program, so then so then any archetype can be placed in their minds, and they will they will adapt to that archetype. Um, so if you if you start looking at mankind as like this organism, and that it, like a like a bee colony, and you can put pressures on the bee colony, and it and it will react in a certain way because the the um, the the psyche of the colony is understood. You know, like you, you know that show they run on TV. They've been running it. I don't know. Maybe it seems like twenty, thirty seasons now. It's called Survivor. Have you, you guys, familiar with that show where they put these people on in the, in the, you know, the island. island or whatever, and then they, they, they have these. Um, it's, it's, it's a running, ongoing psychological experiment. <laughs> That's all it is on TV, <laughs> and they so get hard. people to. They get people to accept it because, you know, they, they they put the carrot of some financial gain in front of it. But all it is is a is a psychological experiment to to get better understanding of um how you know, social psychology. That that's it, you know. Yep. And so as you better understand the, the social group or the psychology of the group it's easier to manipulate the group. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? I, I don't know why this is lost on people or, you know, that these uh, American Idol shows and these singing shows, all these are as uh, are running commercials. They're just yes. three-month commercials. Yeah, if you uh, don't spend your time immersed in that stuff, when you stay away from it long enough, you look back and you see it clearly. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, so so when we when we have to interface against you know because we we have to be we have to be in the world. There's no there's no getting around that, but not of the world. So when we interface the world, the question is is are you trying to are you are you trying to revenue me at every single interaction? Mm. You got to be asking yourself: Is somebody trying to bring me into a public or a private um, agreement here? What what are they trying to do to me here? Is this uh, why? Why are they even wanting or desiring a conversation? And why haven't I walked away yet? <laughs> you know? I mean, so they tell you, it says to walk <laughs> circumspectly, like to see all right. around you. Huh. Wow! Right. So if you don't desire a relationship with somebody, the mere fact that you're willing to enter into a conversation implies that you do. If you mm-hmm. don't. Say hey, have a nice day. Unless we have further business here that uh, I'm bound to you in contract to perform, you know, have a nice day. And um, they don't take every thought captive, right? So otherwise, there's an implication there. The implication is is that there's there's a relationship that's desired. Yeah. You know. What's the motivation? Uh, what's what's what are they dangling that you want? Mm-hmm. And wow. you, you start to um, to be more careful about um, information and uh, and and just you know casual conversations are harder and harder to come by you know because yeah wow why would you want to waste your time with some 
you know, how's the weather BS, you know what I mean? I'm really bad at that. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so, uh, right. You know, I walked into a um, a grocery store the other day, and there was a, there was a Rasta man who was at the counter, and I said, Rastafari, and he, and he says, Yaman, and I said, uh, what about those dreads? I said, is that you taking the vow of the Nazarite? He said, Yaman. And um and the the um the the guy who was at the um checkout, he said, um, Vow of the Nazarite, what's that? <laughs> you know? I said, I said, Well, are you That's an open door <laughs> Do you Right. He asked the question. <laughs> and uh so um, I said, uh, do you read the Bible? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I said, okay, great. I said, well, way back there in that Old Testament, you'll find this thing, and you'll find it in the New Testament, too. I said, Paul took the bow of the Nazarite and shaved his head and put on a robe. Probably looked like one of those guys handing out flowers in the airport, you know. I mean, they, they don't like to think of Paul like that, you know. So I said, and those thoughts, which emanate from the higher realms, they, they will drop down into the lower realms and serve you as like two two virgin daughters being sent out of the house. I like what Lot did. I said, but the question is, is the place of, you know, your waking everyday conscience, are you going to send those higher thoughts away or are you going to allow them to make that change? And... uh and so uh, I said, that's what it, that's what it symbolizes. That's why he wears those dreads. And the guy he looked over at me and he says, Yaman, Rasta, he says Rasta, he says Rastafari man. And and uh, you know, get it, Rastafari. And you know they they they're calling on Jah. Yeah, you did just replace the the J with the Y. It's Yah. Right. And Yah is the shorthand for YHVH. It's, it's just, you know, people in their ignorance as they look at things. and you know, Like the Indians, you know. Um, the Indians would say, um, Yari Hevo Wevo Heya. Yari Heya Wevo Heya. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Or you know Iowa, Iowa. Listen to it, Yahowa, Yahowa. Mm. Wow. It's the same thing. It's Yad Hey instead of instead of with the Vav, it's a Wa. Oh my. But the Vav and the Wa are the same letter. Wow. Same. So uh, it's right there in our face if we just open our eyes and look. You know, I was doing a study once on this, and I wish I had it in front of me to be precise, but um, he was saying that the Judaic word was the same for for the creator, was the same as the one um, used in the Muslim. The ones that they're fighting with, the, the Israel is fighting with. Yeah, the sons of Abraham, Ishmael and... and um Versus uh, Ishmael is, um, um, you might say, the the oil sheiks. These are the folks that have took on, um, um, how they say, the Islamic faith. Uh, and uh, and what was it said of Ishmael that he would be a wild ass and he would fight with his brothers? 
Ishmael is um, also related to another um, son of promise, which was Isaac, and through Isaac came Jacob, and and then you know we have the descendants of of those tribes, and and you know you have through um, Jacob you have uh, Judah, and um, if you want to say um, the house of Judah, you got Judah, Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, and you can say uh, Judaism even from that, or you could. You could even then, you know, look at the um, other ten tribes and point them towards, you know, I know this is a perversion, but if you will allow me some sort of loose affiliation, you could say Christianity. Um, but, you know, all of them, this is why, you know, when you go back and you mention to people about uh, the Noahide laws, well, hell, they don't know the Ten Commandments. How are they going, how are you expecting to know the Noahide laws? And But when you go read the book of Acts, and you get down there around Acts verse, um, call me. I think it's Acts chapter 15. Um, it's off the top of my head here, but I want to be sure that I don't say it wrong. I think it's Acts chapter 15, um, starting around verse 20. Yeah. So they held the uh, the first Jerusalem council, and they've, they've got Paul in there and James and the boys, and what they're trying to figure out is, what they're going to teach the people. And if you read verse 20 and you're real careful to understand what you're reading, you're reading the, the Noahide laws. And that's what they decided to teach um, those that were without this temple, this governmental state, this church state that, that they were creating. They would teach them the Noahide laws. And then verse 21 says, but don't worry, they're going to come and they're going to, they're going to learn the truth to it. In other words, those who are in the outer court will teach them Noahide. But hopefully, as they come and they, they are read Moses, which is another way of just saying instruction or Torah, they'll come to understand, you know, the true temple and the operations of the temple. So that was the goal. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is wow. um, Noahide was what they were going to teach the people, and that's what they've done. And now you've got another competing um, religious set, which is competing now against uh, Judeo-Christianity, if you will, and uh, called uh, Sharia law. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the interesting thing: you've got the Judea um, set, Judaism set, which is Torah and Noahide. You've got um, Sharia law in, in the Islamic Islamic state, and you've got no law in the Christian state. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's so I don't know. It's just so confusing to me how there could be so much amazing beauty in this, and yet the very, I guess. Um, the people who deem themselves as the uh, possessors of this great knowledge, you know, have this, I guess, mission or whatever to to conquer this earth, whether it's for the, their creator or who they, what they deem to be their creator. And all this, you know, threat of if, if you don't comply, you know, if you don't comply, you get death or beheading or whatever. It's just, I don't know, it's just such a juxtaposition. It doesn't seem to make any sense. Like, how can you 
I guess how can you be so blind? I mean, well, I would challenge you tonight, uh, specifically Patchouli, to open up um, your Bible and read uh, Ezekiel chapter 13. Start at the very beginning of it and, and realize that when it says that they 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 sought to sow um, armholes uh, or pillows, that they sought to sow pillows over the armholes, and you go and you say, how can this translation makes no sense? But go and check out the uh, the words, and you will see what they were doing is they put coverings over the true teachings. That's yes. what it's saying to you. Yep. And and then it says, woe unto you who would try to teach my children that you would try to hunt the souls to make them fly. He said, I will rip them and tear them from your hands. He says, woe unto you who would who would take whitewash and would daub a little bit here on the wall in order to make it look real good. He said, I'm going to bring the tempest, and I'm going to just, I'm going to, you know, then we're going to see what we see. I'm going to wash all that whitewash away, and then we're going to see what we see. And, um, well, I guess that, you, you asked the question, why? Isn't that carnality? The carnal man wants what the carnal man wants. Even That's though the, there's some of the most allegedly um, schooled rabbis in the deeper meanings, you know, I, it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know why, um, I would say that, um, that, uh, okay, if you knew that something would be really good for somebody, but they were not skilled enough to use it, they, they didn't have the knowledge to, to even begin to use it, and, you know, the question is, are you going to set up schools of instruction which now would um would allow them to come to to learn these things um and then who's left with the responsibility of entering those schools isn't that the one in the mayor um but but certainly um i don't dispute the fact that clearly um in the so-called church system today things are being taught on an extremely carnal level and that the uh the, the spiritual truths are, are being hid. Because what they're, think about it, that's what I said last week, is true peace, is coerced peace true peace? Of course not. But that's what they're doing. Right. They're pushing everybody towards this coerced peace at the end and of the day. And legislating morality. But you'll never get there in faith. They're trying to get there in faith. This is Cain. This is the way of There Cain. you go. Okay. I see. I get it. The way of Abel is that we would choose to come to peace and love. We would choose it naturally because it's, it's just good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you see in the Bible what we read the other day at Jeremiah four, they were wise. They they are wise to do evil, but uh, to do good they have no knowledge. They have no knowledge. What Saint Paul wrote, they have a zeal for me um, in regard to their lip service, but in regard to knowledge they have none. And then Hosea, the, the great book of salvation, at, at uh, chapter 6, verse 6, says, um, I desired charity or mercy or love over burnt sacrifices and the knowledge of God. So, yep. knowledge. And when you hear people talk about gnosis, 
you may have you may as well have said the devil is in the room standing over there in the far left. All right, <laughs> knowledge. All right. You know, yes. knowledge. They basically worship the cre the creature over the creator. Yes. And I guess just I like agree. it seems like whenever man gets some kind of position of power or authority, it's a tendency to abuse it or to justify in their minds that they deserve this. It's a blessing from God, so they're not willing to really give it up. They'll do whatever it takes to keep it. I think so you're about, talking about televangelists. I think about, you know, those in the palaces that are, you know, allegedly, you know, the keepers of the wisdom and knowledge in various sects. And, well, um, what good, is it, what good is it if they don't give it out? Oh, yeah, exactly. Then, then okay, what good is it? Um Okay, I thought about that that very thing this weekend. I actually was spent a lot of time thinking on that very thing, Jim. And and I came to the point to, if man can be kept in a point of ignorance, and um, it's not that man is stupid, it's just man's ignorance. So if man is kept in a point of um, degradation and ignorance, then man can be continued to be um, the sheepfold for the wolves. I mean, the wolves can continue to just take as they please as long as man um, is kept in a low state. Yeah. Um, yep. And they're willingly giving it up to them. Yeah. Um, but when but when man um, reaches when I when I say man, I don't mean the um, the six day man. I'm I'm not talking about man in his natural state. I'm I'm talking about when he becomes a sixth day, a spiritual man in the earth, and uh, he's moving toward that sabbatical state, the seventh day man, um, then, you know, he's 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 working in the way at this point, and uh, and he's learned to uh, to take every thought captive, to challenge every thought, to not just allow somebody else to plant a weed in his garden, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's a Usually by that time you've had enough of that. You've seen it done. And you've, well, you've learned. We're all like the prodigal son in that sense, where we've gotten to the point where we've eaten so much hog slop of um, yeah. this truth that we just said we can't take this anymore, you know. Um, and uh, we got to return to Father's house. And uh, the promise was given that if we will turn... And head back that way. That the uh, the elder son, the remnant, who is the elect that's always been working in every generation, will look in disdain and say, "Now look at this guy, <laughs> Johnny come lately." You know what I mean? <laughs> and the father says, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, you know, this is going right. to be a party party tonight." You know what I mean? So, um, it's uh, yeah. That's true. I think I think we get vested in it emotionally, and uh, you know, but and, and and we we externalize it too much, as in us versus them. And um, yes, I, I think that uh, it's the old thing. How can we, you know, say, hey, you got that? Um, there's something in your eye there, you know. And uh, kid, <laughs> eyes, it's pretty growing out of mine, you know. <laughs> so. Um, 
So ultimately, the yeah. story has a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, ultimately the story has a happy ending. I was talking about fractals before. It's it's my opinion now. Again, I state opinion is that um, just as Christ was stood surety over this creation, we ourselves, as we become in Christed in the sense that we take on that same glory that he has before the Father and we come to emergence as one, that there may come a time in eternity forward where we we will we will have creations and and we will um we will be responsible for those creations. I I don't know. I just think, you know, eternity's a mighty long time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Oh, I got you. And there's a lot of different galaxies too, and they're moving further and further apart. Right. Right. So how do you know that this is not a schooling for us in order to take over one day because we are created in the very image and likeness of the creator. I know where you're going with it, brother. I think you're you're hitting on the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's fractals, man. We, we, um, we, we let us make man in our image. Um, our with the chip world. the old... Yeah. Well, I look at it like this, you know, um, Jim, the, um, you know, again, the book of Job says that, you know, the way I read it, that we were all there when matter came forth, and we all were like, yeah, baby, yeah, finally. And uh, we were happy as could be, you know. Um, uh, a playground was created for us to play in for eternity, right? I agree. Because um, we sing that song of creation, now, if we weren't there, how could we do that? <laughs> yeah, and so, um, so then that flat out tells you there was a time before the time that we find ourselves now, where we were in perhaps different form, and um, I mean, there was a time before this time, and people want to call them ages or whatever. I don't care what you call them, but there was a time before this time. And, yes, sir. Um, so. Um. Uh, uh, shoot, I forgot where I was going. Oh, let us make man in our image. So we read in Isaiah one that there was a, a people that were the people of God, the children of God, in another place they're called that rebelled, that said, "Hey, Father, we're gonna take our spending money, give us a little bit of the estate, so we can go away in this faraway country and we can go see what we can see." All right prodigal son so he said they rebelled right well uh but but that judgment you know in the courtroom of the mind um let us make man in our image i i read it on many levels but one level that i read it opinion again my opinion is that i kind of look like i looked before you know (laughs) i mean in the sense like in a spiritual sense and when I sort of had a different body. I don't know. I've gone into opinion, so I, I've gone way off the plantation of where I wanted you to made be. Me think of, you made me think of Second Corinthians. I had to look it up because I could only remember uh, moving from glory to glory. So it says, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass or mirror the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Hmm. Right. So right. the mirror, like reflecting 
what I guess our ultimate goal. Um, it's hard to say goal, but the ultimate goal is that we would then take on the image, and the image is not so much in what the reflection of this matter as it reflects back to you, but but that the way that you would reflect um, the name, uh, the name would be written upon you. You'd be given this, um, you know, uh, uh, that the way we do things would be in harmony with the way the Father does things, that we would be mm-hmm. in the same images, <clears throat> excuse me, same image as Christ, and therefore the same image as the, of the Father. Okay. And we all, all come to that image is the goal, every single one of us. No. The image that he projected for us was this fleshly body, but the likeness was is just as he is. We're the express image of his likeness. It's that's what it says. And we have to act in the the characteristics of that name or that nature of the creator. We have to come as the Creator, just like He is, we have to be that same way. I believe that the the ancient uh, text and the scriptures and stuff is like a school book for us to learn how to be as the Creator is. We're here to wake up or ascend. Ascend means to wake up in consciousness. I mean, like you said, there was a time before, time before time, which we were there. But at the same time, uh, we got off the path like the prodigal son and went out and squandered our resources. But it came but the beautiful promise is... I'm sorry, Jim, you speak. Go. No, go ahead. Oh, well, the beautiful promise is that when the prodigal son was beat up by the, the world in tribulation and he lost his spending money and nobody wanted to hang out with him anymore and he's down there eating the you know I know it says hog slop but it's just he had he gotten he's drunk on this false doctrine of uh well heck name your religion, you know what I mean? Um empty garbage he says, <laughs> he says, I'm done with that. I'm gonna return to father's house and you know you know, I'm just done with um with religion in general, I'm done with it. Yes, sir. I think all... Go ahead. No, I'm, we keep talking. I'm sorry about that, Jim. But I mean, Isaiah 54: Awake, awake, and put on the beautiful garments. You know. I agree with you there. But the way, I mean, this is just my opinion, though. I mean, we're to be as the Father is and that image and likeness, and to show forth the true love as he shows forth to all creation. We're to do that to our our fellow man and creation also. And uh, like you said, we've gotten off the path like the prodigal son, and we need to wake up, which means that we have to wake up in consciousness and ascend to the true state which we came from and be as we were you know, when he was welcomed back into his father's house, he said, I'll just, you know, I know I was wrong, but, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to be a servant or even, uh, you know, to sweep the barns, yes. you know, just as long as I'm here. 
And but I think, he, but did he make him serve? You know, the, reading the story, he submitted himself and said, and humbled himself. But the beautiful aspect is, he 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 threw a party instead. You know what I mean? He didn't make him a servant and say, "Yeah, get down there, get 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 back in that hog slot, what you were used to." You know. <laughs> Uh, and he also put that ring on his finger that gave him the status he had before he went to that hog slot. You know? Yeah, that's, that's right. What, that's well, what, did Pharaoh, what did Pharaoh put on Joseph's finger? King's seal, right? And therefore, with the king's seal, Joseph spoke for the entire kingdom. What a, What an amazing trust. That oh, when, yeah. you come, when you come to this level of, of consciousness that the ever-living places that much trust in you that he's willing to entrust to you the entire kingdom. Yes, your word on your finger. authority. Yep. And that's what he's telling us here. Now, our word is the authority. You know, the thought, the word thought comes from logos. It's a thought, conception, idea, the word. And... Through the mouth, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. That word comes from the thought which has been put into manifestation. Then we speak it out, which becomes law. That I am, that I am, that I am. I spoke it out, and it's law, and it has to be. It cannot be broken. Whether we speak it out in blessing or cursing, it becomes that way. So then it, it does keep coming back to the garden. You you keep coming back to this um to this uh, idea of fractal that um you come back to Cain who who tills the ground and comes up with his knowledge and wisdom of his own his own undertakings and or you've got Cain, Abel who says, um, you know, it's the opposite. I am my brother's keeper. I'm going to keep the flocks of God, the thoughts of God and walk in that way and not try to come up with my own way. Um, yes. I I I just I came to that recently because I I was thinking, you know, we're born into this body, and not, I mean, we can come to have knowledge of this body, but none of us are born with any. You know, there there aren't any user instructions. You know, no. none of us take a thought for you know the cells that are operating in the DNA and the mitochondria and whatever. And even if you know those are just names, we don't even know if that's exactly. The truth, that's just a model. None of us truly have true knowledge of how these bodies work. I agree. But see, it says the thought, I mean, when I say the thought, you know, what we speak, you know, Adam, whatever you call it, it becomes. That's the thought, the conception, the idea. That's the thought, the conception, the idea I have of myself or my fellow man or woman or whatever the case, whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Whatever I call it, it becomes. But I, I call this body, I can say it's a good body or I can say it's a piece of you-know-what. But it's whatever we call it. It's that word, that thought, that conception, the idea. And through the heart, the mouth speaks. And it becomes absolute law. From the thought, 
you know, and the conception and the idea of what we're desiring or, or thinking about, we're creating it through the thought and through the mouth. We speak it forth and it is absolute law. We vibrate it out into the, the, the cosmos of the universe. We put out that vibration and it becomes, it says it goes out and it will not come back void. That frequency goes out and does not come back void, but we forget, we speak it out and it's all on the will, like even the people that don't even believe in anything say the same thing. It's all on the will, friend. We speak it out and then we forget what we said or thought, but all that time it's been going out and coming around that circle, so to speak, and it's going to hit us from behind. Mm. It's all on that will, whether we realize it or not. So, I mean, you know, um, it says that we're supposed to call on the name, and oh, I think we understand that that's um, a way. Um, and in, in other places, you know, this guy who was Abram, he gets a new name once he ascends the mountain. You know, he gets this new name, this new character and nature. Same thing in Jacob and um, Israel. Yes. You know, um, and the question is, is this in the book of Revelations tells, tells us, Revelation tells us that, uh, that then those who overcome will get a white stone and on it's written a new name. Yeah. Except... Uh, that uh, no man knows except uh, this this one and um, and father right mm-hmm. and and so I'm just not so much a name as in you know Abram and Abraham but um, I don't know you know um, it's the nature no one no man knows except he that receives it. It's the nature of that divine creator and the the authority and power that goes with it. He he says that he said his he said his word above his own name. That's it. That's why he's called Israel, the the prince that prevails with the L. It's literally that's you're exactly right. That's it. That's exactly it. So that's what we're after. We're after that new name, that enlightened state uh, um, where we we receive a new character. And You know, Noah, when Noah was on the mountain, wasn't he? Where did Noah's Ark come to rest? In the valley or high up on the mountain? High up on the mountain. I believe it was Ararat. (laughs) Yeah, high up on the mountain. And then afterward it said Noah began to become a husbandman in the earth. You know, husbandman is somebody who's taken dominion. Yes, sir. And uh, I imagine he established his own courts of justice. And uh, <laughs> I think that's I what. Like, how are people going to see the Creator if they don't see Him in us, or and by the the way we act and the words that we speak? Because it says we'll be known by our fruits. Our fruit is what we speak. I mean, that's that's how they're going to know who we are. When we call things that are not as though they are and they become, 
they see the power of the Creator manifest in this three-dimensional paradigm or world. And it's, it, like it says, the apotheous ones, those that have the power of a God. Hey, you guys. Hey, this is uh, Donaldson. I just want to chime in here with you guys on this particular issue right here and uh, issue. He, yeah, because if, if you were not intrinsically connected to the whole, right, then uh, I don't think that would be possible, this, this, this God-wielding, this, uh, you know, type power. Because everyone believes they live inside their body. And to me, that seems a little bit counterproductive considering the fact that what you're trying to say is we all have this ability to just speak and, and do it. Actually, and I, I've experienced the manifestations aplenty, as I'm sure many people have. But uh, do you get what I mean? Like, you can't really have uh, this, this two existing simultaneously, these ideas, these theories, because they don't just, they don't harmonize. Um, what do you mean? What do you yeah, mean? I think I, well, I think I get what you mean there. You're 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 saying that the idea that we're somehow apart from God is ridiculous. That that's well, the illusion that we set up in our, you know, in our own minds. Um, that the prince that prevails with the with God um, is not separate from God, but he's actually come to a status of enlightenment within, um, where the ever living. Um, in, in other words, what, the way I model it, and I'll say it as a model because it's just a thought model for myself, is that um, that I, I perceive that my my conscious waking mind is like a man standing in front of me with his arms out barring me from the true union of myself with God. It, it's me. It's the me that's stopping um, it's the illusion of me um, in control and everything else that's stopping me from this uh, state of apotheosis or enlightenment or becoming an yes, Israel. You know? So, do you believe you live inside of your body? I just I'm just curious. No, I don't. I don't. I I think that uh, that this is a um, like I I hold to. It's funny because just this past week I I made a statement that um, at every choice is a super. Um, position of um, possibilities, and uh, if we choose not to live in the moment, then we, by our um, thoughts, how we um, think about the future, we actually bring into um, the future that which we dwell upon. Um, so, um, it, in other words, if that every single choice is a super um, position of possibilities, then at every choice is um at every action at every moment is a superposition of um eventuality. So therefore, um metaphysically speaking, um I I have to say I am and, and I can't say that, you know, I am in something or whatever because the moment I say that, then my carnal mind has um, led me astray back into a faraway country, you know, <laughs> the illusion of separateness, right? Uh, but if I say I am, then I look at my hands and I say, well, these are the hands of God. So um, I don't like to say that I am in something because that, like, to me, thinks about, like, taking God and putting God in the box, you know. 
you know, if if there's a creator that creates the universe, the one verse, if you will, um, then the creator has total dominion over the one verse and um, is within... Depending on your view. Is, is within the one verse and... Um, and without the one verse, all at the same time. And, yeah. and, and depending depending on your view, you could be because is it nihilist or I think it's deist, right? That they believe that God backed off after creation. No, no, no. I don't know where well, you're coming off. That's not what we believe. No, no. I, I didn't say that was you, what you, you believe. You no, I was not, talking about one school of thought. Well, no, we're not in one school of thought. There's a whole lot of thought in. Well, we're believing we didn't just get this overnight. Because uh, there's, no nowhere you, there's nowhere you can go in this universe that God ain't. And there's, and I, you know, there's nowhere we can go in this universe that we are not. Because we are everywhere present at the same time. Well, that was that was the idea of a king, an earthly king. There's nowhere you can go in the king that the king doesn't have dominion. And it's the same with the creator. The the entire scripture from end to end is a tremendous trust agreement. Um and uh all the offices are fulfilled and established and so, you know, the question is, is the creator um liable for his creation? Well, if you if you hold that the scriptures are true, then you read a Hebrews seven twenty two, Jesus is a surety for this covenant. So yes, the creator is liable for his creation. Which makes perfect sense, right? Um anyway, so that being the case, is the creator subject to the creation to his creation? I say his, but you understand it's just a placeholder. Um and the the answer could be yes, um, but and it could be no too. It could be both actually. Yes and no. <laughs> so well, it just depends. It depends on if they're looking at it from a literal sense or a spiritual sense. Yes, because God is I everywhere present too. at the same time, and there ain't any place that he he is not. Okay, but even whether in the body or out of the body, it's no different. The thing is is that most people look at it from a, a literal perspective, which we do not, because they think that God's going to come back and they're going to rise to meet him in the air somewhere, which yeah. that's not going to happen. The only thing, they're saying they're going up in a rapture, which that is not going to happen. The only thing they're going to get is a rupture, because <laughs> they're not they're not looking at what it's really telling them. But I'm of the school where you have, if you have to, you have to have, in order to have an experience that you, you actually have to have a form. Without a form, you can't really have an experience, can you? Yes, you can. I've had many out-of-body experiences and many other things, and I have heard the divine Creator speak to me. Oh, and do get, you mean a, do you mean a form of um, of psyche, or do you mean a form of body? How, how do you how do you mean a physical, um, a, like some sort of physical form? Actually, is I believe spirit and form are intrinsically tied together, and that is how God is everywhere at the same time. Because if you look, no, there's no, nothing no. but 
if you look around, there's nothing but material everywhere. There's manifestations of all different types of life, and I think it's it's amazing. Well, yeah, but God is not the material. Is you know, God is a spirit. Okay, yeah, it does. It does say that that God is spirit, but um, but that's the the thing is is that I I go back to what Jim just quoted too, and it said, um, you know, I knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I couldn't tell. This man was caught up to the third heaven, and then he, he speaks about how he heard things that were just uh, too marvelous to um, to say again when he when he manifested back in this reality. Um, yeah. If you want to say that he came back to this arc of consciousness, if you will, he flew out of that window at the top of the arc. He couldn't tell if he was in the body or out of the body. Um, so, but he still had an experience since that he was the writer was able to uh, to relate um, the experience um, to the best of his knowledge, because he said some things that he seen wasn't even you couldn't even comprehend in this world because it would be over too far over people's head they wouldn't get a grip on it yeah but, so, so I mean, what, I, well let me ask you a question yeah. if you don't mind i jump in here again yeah, uh, go ahead. it it what when i say in the world and not of the world but not of the world that's scriptural it, what is you? What do you? What do you mean, mean by that? What do you think it means? I have my definition, but I want to know. You know, what do you? What do you think? What do you get out of that? Um, well, I'll speak first, um, Jim. I, you go right ahead, Michael. Okay, thank you. I didn't want to presume that I, I started. No, 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 no. Don't you believe me. You, okay. you go right ahead. But so, uh, that's what, oh. so you know, when I when you start to look at uh, religions that have been peeled from the ground. And you look at uh, philosophies and uh, thought, which have has governed mankind for um, millennium. Um, you know, we have to um, just how do you say it? This experience, I, I say, this holy experience really is being in the world. But my philosophies and my thoughts are not birthed. Um, um, well, at, at a certain point, it, it's birth of the world, and I believe that's what the scriptures all over the world call a natural, the natural man or a brute beast, meat for destruction. But at some point, you know, you learn that the kingdom of God is within you and that um, your wisdom, you become like the, as the scriptures declare, the man-child is birthed in you and uh, at Revelation Twelve, for instance, and uh, and you as King Lemuel sit at your mother's feet, the Holy Spirit, where you're taught. You know these insights come to you as you ask and meditate. Um, and they come to you. You no longer um, you no longer draw your water and your meat, your bread from the world. Um, so you're no longer relying upon the philosophies of the. Um, what I'll call the uh, Tower, uh, no, excuse me, not the Tower of Babel, but the um, King Nebuchadnezzar's uh, statue, which is basically a statue in my mind that speaks to the different philosophical constructs that the uh, the world has, uh, uh, philosophies that you know govern world thought. Yes. 
So that's it. So that's how I that's how I think of it. Um, and was, he, when he was talking about uh, God, whether in the body or out of the body, or you are you talk, or in this world or out of this world. Okay. Well, it's okay. like this: God is light and energy. That's what that's what it is. It's it's an essence, and energy is neither created nor destroyed. And it's the light energy that's within us that we all are that was put in this three-dimensional body, which is what we call matter. But it's everywhere present at the same time in every aspect or part of this universe or cosmos or whatever you want to call it. It's everywhere at the same time and as Michael Joseph was saying, when the Creator created all things, uh, He put every infinite possibility out there. That when He created, He created it all at the same time. What, yesterday, today, and forever. It says it, it changes not. But it's up to us with that, what we call free will, so to speak, are the individualized self that we see ourselves as, which we really are not. We are all the divine creator having a experience. But yet, our concept of this here, our bodies and everything, is that we're, we see ourselves as that. Just like it says in the Old Testament, whatever Adam called it or them, they became. Whatever we call it, it becomes. And even yeah. the yeah. even the Bible that you're talking about, he says to confess things that are not as though they already are and they will be. So if you're looking at it from a, a theosophical uh, agenda or whatever the case may be or something written on paper, uh, you're barking up the wrong tree, dude. Well, let me well, let me respond. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'll just correspond by saying, no, absolutely. I think that this is the right tree. And um, I, I, I smelled this smell before. Uh, I like what I smell. I, I don't mind hanging around for a while. Uh, but uh, it's what I'm. What I really want to say is, is, is that in the world, but not of the world, to me, is is more of a a message geared towards the legal, the lawful aspects of how to how to still be, how to maintain your higher self awareness. You know, the higher consciousness. And still be in utilizing the tools of the day, the, the manifestations that come along with these systems of government, you know, in the world, but not of the world. You see, but we and, they have and, no power, and, that has no power over us. It really no, doesn't. That, that's a. Um, um, did you did you call yourself? Uh, uh, forgive me, sir. Did you call yourself Donaldson? Is that Donaldson? Is that right? Or, yeah, and yes, yeah, that's, that's correct. You can correct okay, me if I'm. Okay. In error I too. Speak, I didn't want to speak. Uh, um, 
I would just say that, um, man, I'm telling you, um, 10 years ago, um, I would be saying exactly what you just said. That's exactly where I, I was coming from. And I was using um, the scriptures to to justify my um, my legal or lawful standing with people and trying to uh, to um, uh, navigate um, legal systems that seemed like every every time you turned there was a trap. And I'll just say that um, that I've come to see is actually a lower manifestation of the, the real truth, which is much greater than that. It, it speaks to all philosophies. It speaks to um, um, that 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 understanding is true, and I'm not saying it's not true for what you're saying. That that is true, um, and you have. Um, but I would I would just ask you to think about your mind as a courtroom, and when you go back to read Isaiah chapter one, and you read real careful, um, the Lord speaking. Um, says, who asked you to, to tread upon my courts? And who invited you in with all this stuff that's worldly and all these traditions and all these laws and legal stuff that you've made up? He said, I didn't ask you to bring your new moons and your Sabbaths and all this tradition stuff in here. Not one of you has truly understood the higher law. All of you are so steeped in tradition, and it makes me absolutely sick up to my... I mean, that's the emotion that you get when you read Isaiah 1. And it says it makes the law of the creator of none effect to the people because they're pushing right. all these philosophies and these theological things out there which are don't have anything whatsoever to do with the true creator. So then so then first the the courtroom of your mind has to be um settled and has to be operating according to divine law. And when that happens, the rest will fall into place because your body, your body will get in gear, and and then how you interact with people, um, and and their systems that they have uh, built to um, to provide community and courts and to live at peace in their in their communities, then you'll know how to interact with this, you know. Um, uh, so it all it all comes back to that. To uh, that well, I would say. Let me like say this. Yeah. That I, because of cosmic consciousness, I, I had a. I like to think I had an experience of cosmic consciousness, but as probably God having experienced through me. Yeah. Uh, and and so, and in 2010, that it wasn't. If it wasn't for that, I would not be having this understanding of the law, because. It was because of this this spiritual awakening that actually alerted me to letting go of some weak ideas, and then because of that letting go, I was able to like some other desire, some hidden desire was able to to come through me, you know, that I was having. So I guess in you know, and it was to understand the, what was going on as far as legal and stuff like that, and I, I so for me. Um, my my cosmic consciousness, which is basically a relationship with with God, you know, yeah, that experience is part of the relationship that I'm having, a personal relationship with God. 
And that's the experience that's going to uh, concrete, you know, for, for me. Uh, not only that, where we're, uh, the legal system is actually set up in, with the intent to, to, to kind of keep people, um, you know, uh, dumbed down. You know, but I'm not saying that to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I, I, I'm trying to follow you, uh, sir, when you were talking about the courtroom um, yes. and, and of, the, of the mind and stuff. And, and I, I kind of like I was trying to follow what you were saying on that. But if, if I understand correctly, I just I think you have to kind of like look at things from the cosmic perspective is what you're saying and see how ultimately all things that have happened that are happening and all of creation from our little perspective, you know, it seems like time is going by, but in reality, all creation happened at, in an instant. So none of this is really, it's not as if this is real time that we're experiencing. Well, our mind makes it yep. that way because if, if we don't choose to be true to the moment, then we take thought and fear and emotion, guilt, whatever, for the past or the future. You know, we refuse to be true to the moment and take no thought and speak that which you are given in that hour. We think that this has to do with some future courtroom which will be delivered up before some future potentate king. We don't realize that the courtroom is before the pharaoh of our carnal mind which wants to rule and the Moses, the aspect of us that says, let my people go, that we can go and worship God in, in the real instead of, you know. Um, but listen, it's real simple. You just go to Romans chapter 6, verse 16. It says, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. Yes. It's that simple. And so you... Um, um, as long as there's duality in between thought and emotion in the courtroom of your mind, um, and your conscience is not clear in regard to your to your deed, then um, you have this uh, this schism which tears you apart. It's like building the house on sand. The storm comes and there's no foundation for you to stand. So you um, you go and you try to fight, fight, fight against this metaphysical construct called law in which somebody has a claim upon you that you're subject because you've obeyed. Um, in, in, so first in the mind and then the body will follow. Yeah. Uh, that's Interesting. Good said. point. Good point. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it literally is, it, um, it comes down to this idea of, um, uh, of trust, but is your trust born out of faith where you have right. duty and obligation to each other as members of a particular society? Or is it sure, born sure. out of love where, where okay, if let's say, for instance, um, under particular societies, I was a, um, a, um, a Chinese. I was, I was in the society called uh, China or Chinese. And and you're in the, in the American society or or Canadian society or whatever, right? Well, if we start looking at um, trust born out of faith, then I'd say, well, I have to be true to the society in which I live in, and you have to have fidelity towards the one you live in. 
but perhaps we can come up another level and I can look in your eyes and find Christ in you and I will call you brother and I'm calling upon a much higher survey, a much um, higher um, reality, um, not subject to this world in which I will find Christ and I will trust the aspect of Christ that I find in you. I may not have trust in you claiming that you're American or Canadian or whatever, but um, I can trust the aspect of Christ that I find in you, right? Um, and that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm. That's what we're looking for. We're looking to find that in each other and quit with quit with these labels which don't mean a hill of freaking beans, right? Oh, I agree. Especially if we're coerced towards those labels at the end of a gun. So you know. Fidelity cannot be coerced, you know. As soon as the the opportunity for rebellion uh, offers itself, it'll be it'll be taken, you know. Yep. And even the one that you know, the the Creator, he says, "My people hear my voice, and uh, they will not listen to another voice." Well, now, let me ask you a question. I heard, the other day I was riding down the road, Jim, and I heard this in my in my mind. I was I heard that small voice say, if I told you to shut your mouth and not say another word for a year, could you do it? <laughs> and, I would have you know, never to, I myself would have never tried to do it. Now, whether I make it all the way or not, I don't know. But <laughs> I would have one time I thought I was, you know, working for the kingdom and I was being bold and telling people whenever the opportunity came, I would open my mouth and just run my mouth away, man. Just just take the opportunity and seize on it. And one day I was sitting in quietness and I heard in, in that, that voice I, I heard, do you like it when people bring up your name and they smirk and besmirch it? And I thought, no, I don't like that very much. And I heard, I don't like it either. And then I heard, don't cast your pearls before swine. I'll let you know, you know, when you're, it's time to open your mouth. I, I agree. It's just like with with our eyesight, so to speak. And this has been proven by even science. I mean, we we think we, I mean, we see with our eye, but what we see, I mean, it goes through the retinas of our eye to the back of our head, and that light uh, projects what we're seeing. So in a sense, you can say it's an illusion because our eyes are picking up light frequencies and being interpreted by the brain. That's an electrical electrical uh, response in regard to the brain. That's right. The brain sits in total darkness. That's exactly right. So what you're yeah, saying really is that everything is happening inside of our brains, of our heads. Yes, everything is happening within us, even what's going on out in the cosmos. You feel it in your body. And if you, if you don't believe me, you can look in the newspaper and look down there where it has the the... The planets and stuff, you know, it talks about the moon and blah, blah, blah. But you'll see Mars, Jupiter, I believe Venus and um, Saturn on there. Why do they have that in the newspaper? Because those are 
planets and frequencies that have uh uh what do you call it uh well it does affect our psyche i mean clearly the bible says it job and amos and many other places uh in book of job in one place it says can job i mean can you describe the sweet influences of the pleiades you know or what about orion job do you know about how that affects you too you know and, yes. and so the ever living is flat out asking him, "Hey man, you know these things affect you. Can you describe how? You know." Um, but I think it's true, Jim. I think that the um, I heard a guy. Oh, I can't think of. Um, oh, what was his name? Um, golly, he's on YouTube a lot. But he he said um, he said the universe is. It's much less that we're born into the universe as much as the universe is born into us. Yes. And what he meant by that is, you know, mom and dad and society birth all your understandings and your fears and your philosophies and do this and don't do that. And society in general molds you into, you know, a lot of who we become later. I mean, we can throw off those clothes later, but um, but the but our reality and a lot of our fears. I mean, think about it, man. Thirty years ago, mm-hmm. we let our children, and I was a child thirty years ago. Shoot, I used to go miles from the house. The only rule mom and dad had was be home before the streetlights came on. Yes. And may today, may I interject? You know. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to talk about the personality of God and what you, what you feel could be one attribute. When I say you, I mean both of you uh, and anyone else. Because I have my view on what I think uh, is the personality, you know, of God coming through, shining brightly. I'm just wondering about what you guys feel about personality. Um, I think that we have um, emotions, and um, and so that these things are born into us, and therefore they. I believe that the uh, um, um, the ever. When I say God, I'm going to speak now to the all, and I'm going to use the um, the Hebrew um, El Elyon to, to speak to the to the all in all. Um, when I speak to Yad Hey Vav Hey, I'm speaking to the masculine side of the Godhead, and when I speak to El Shaddai, I'm speaking to the feminine side of the Godhead, or I, I just spoke to the Elohim. Um, so when I say El El Yon, I'm speaking to the totality of what we call the Godhead. Okay. Um, um, his well, okay, um, and. Yes, I believe that um, personally that I've got a range of emotions and I do believe that um, if they exist in me, they exist in in what I call God, right? Uh, So to say that God is um, any of those emotions um, over the other to me is a problem because um, it it refutes the concept of I am that and, and not not just I am I am that I am right so um, 
I, I have a hard time with um, with saying God is and put anything after that. I have a real hard time with that. Um, I, I like to say God is being, being. Oh, and when I okay. when I say anything behind that, um, then you know I'm I'm putting my own stamp and conforming the ever living to my dominion. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, what according to that perspective of God is being, what would be the personality of the beingness? How would that come across? Do you think? Well, I would like to interject here. The uh, it's love. That's that encompasses everything to do with the Creator is love. That's what the Creator is: love. Yeah, I would. I would. Um say that love is the absolute uh, top of the mountain. Love is, um, from the perspective of love, um, you're, you're now come to the, uh, the point of, um, I, okay, again, with my opinion, um, service, man's happiness, I, I believe that in our eternal state, we will find, and even in this state, right now, that we will find our true happiness when we find the point where we can serve others with joy without guile or um, greed or lust. We just are just happy to be here to serve. And I don't need anything, whatever. It's my purpose. It's what I've been given to share. So I want to share that. And uh, I think when man comes to that, you know, um, then man would be happy to work in whatever endeavor the king has decided that uh, man should undertake in the kingdom. But man would not undertake from a position of fear and greed and lust and storing up wealth. Rather, man would undertake in service and love to his brethren, saying, this is this is the, um, the gift that I have for the kingdom. And... Um, how can I serve you? You know? So ultimately, I think the highest expression of personality is love. I agree, Jim. Yes, sir. And you know when you said, I am that I am, you know, the creator said, I am that I am that I am. And if you look at it, he's saying, I am all, I am anything and everything that you desire me to be. That is what I am. I am that now. I'm not going to be I am. And I can come from the same perspective. I am that I am. And whatever I see myself being and doing, that is what I am. Let me offer. I am that I I am. Well, I love what you're saying, and and I'm trying to harmonize with it here. See, I believe that I'm saying the same thing as you, that when you say you are, I am that I am, you know, it's like, you know, and God is everywhere at the same, all at the same time. You know, when I think of personality of the God, I'm referring to the God of creation, right? And so yes. when, when I think of the personality of the God of creation, I think of the multiplicity of forms again. Oh, now, how, okay, now we're talking about titles. 
Well, no, well, really, what I'm talking about is 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 not titles. I'm I'm talking about how the Most High Creator manifests in a all these different forms, and those forms themselves are the personality of God, and 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 taken as a whole, create such a beautiful um, person persona. You see, as 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 a united uh, um, you know beingness. So, well, I, I, I think, so uh, would you say that yeah. you're one of those personalities? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. When that my actual know. form, well, that I got all my personality when I was born, and that and that none of the conditioning that I w- attained or to in this life is actually of the personality of God, but that's just stuff that I've been adding on to it. See. No, 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 no. Uh, Life uh, experiences make up your personality, what you go through and experience. I hear you. I'm talking a different psychology, though. It's it's, it's another school of psychology. I understand, but you're talking about whether it be the planets or whatever the case may be, the forms. God is all of that. There's nothing... it, it, It would not be here if it wasn't part of that creator. Because he becomes what it is. Just like we, we are, he becomes us also. We are the creator having an experience, even though it's an individualized concept that we're receiving. It's like it's like a diamond. It has many facets. Many You put it in that bright light, and depending on which way you turn it, you see those different facets or arcs of light. That's kind of like what we are. We are those arcs of light on that that diamond, so to speak, which is the creator. And a beautiful arc of light you are, my friend. And what I'm trying to say, the thing is that we might all be looking at the same thing and maybe talking about the same thing, but I'm at one arc and you're at a different arc, even though we're looking at the same thing and seeing almost the same thing, but you have a slightly different perspective of that view than I do because you're at a different angle or that's where they get the word angel from. You know, when they say angel, it's really, they got it from the word angle, which means an angle of light or angel of light, whatever you want to say. Uh, it's, even though we we agree, but yet, when I explain it one way, and then you explain it another way, and MJ explains it another way, even though we're all saying the same thing, but that perception is just slightly, you know, uh, different than from the right. others. right. You're saying personality of God is there as well, and I concur. Yeah, you know, um, one of the things I did years ago was do a study on all um, from the Judeo Christian perspective to go back and look at the um, titles of um, of the Godhead, and you know, like for instance, um, if if I want to declare a state of provision. I'm not going to call on the name Elohim. I may invoke uh, Yahweh Yireh, and 
that is where I want to invoke. Yahweh will provide. So it is from that from that perspective, and that is the thought and the emotion of provision of lack of want. Um, you know, because think about it: can there be lack of want with God? And if He said to this doc priest, "Give them no inheritance, for they inherit Me," then when you come to this position, there can be no lack of want. There, there you've got everything I, you need. You know, we have everything we need. So, um, I, that's where I was going to with the the titles and natures, if you will. Um, um, I, it's funny, and just this past weekend, I was um, actually Friday. I was looking at this um, this new mother. And she's got her uh, newborn at her um, paps and um, feeding him. And I stopped and told her, I said, uh, I said, you know, that to me is the image that I have of God. And she, it really took her back. She, she just couldn't really kind of get down. I said, is there a safer place than a baby on in the lap of his uh, of his mother, and she's feeding and taking care of him, you know. Yeah, I mean, to me, that is the the statement of the kingdom of God is within you, you know. Yeah. You can sit down at the feet of your mother and say, you know, here I am. I'm here today for instruction, you know. <laughs> and uh, what does the world have to offer today, right? <laughs> And, and we God is. God is. You know, I can know if I think about it like that, then I'm then I'm no longer under law, and legal systems don't no longer bind me because every day is a day of grace. Yes, it because is. Because since I can no longer, since I under this under this perspective, it's hard to walk out all the time. But under this perspective, um, I inherit in grace from the ever living. Um, but the moment I hold up the unclean thing, the thought which says, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to do this in about 15 minutes, and this is what I'm going to do. Well, there you go. I've fallen from grace. Hey, just so um, you know, now, the moment you said, when I hold up an unclean thing, I actually lifted was lifting up the lid of a trash can, a really <laughs> dirty trash can. It was really coincidental. <laughs> Well, that's the idea, you know, is that, you know, um, I can't no longer walk in, if, if I if I walk in the grace of God, then I'm totally in the, in under the inheritance of God every moment. If, if I can stay in the moment of I am, okay, if once I leave from that, from that moment, then I'm walking under my own will. And, I uh, agree, but doesn't it say that we limit the Holy One of Israel? And most people say, well, yeah, it says that in the scripture, but how do we limit the Holy One of Israel? We limit it by not being false ideas. Well, it's false ideas, but not doing and being as the Creator is. Because he says that it says in there, (laughs) excuse me, you know, that we can do all things. Is there any anything impossible for the Creator? No. It says there's not 
nothing is impossible, but that all things are possible. He tells well, us that all things it. are possible to us. It's just well, either we're going to speak out the blessing or we're going to speak out the cursing. As a man thinketh in his heart, which is the middle subconscious mind, which is what they call the woman, the mother of all life, out of her shall come the issues of life. Okay? And it comes into manifestation. But it's the conscious mind through thought and our desires that we're projecting within our mind, the the carnal mind, which is the male, we're projecting that thought and saying, well, I want this to happen or I desire this and I hold up like you were saying, hold not up the unclean thing. If I don't want an ass whipping, I better not hold it up. I better hold up the good thing that I want and desire, which is the blessing. And if I hold it up long enough and I have the emotion of that in a peaceful state of mind, it will come together with the subconscious mind, and which is what they call the woman, and she's going to say, he really wants this, so I have to give it to him. Yeah, and, 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 go ahead. Well, I'd, re- I'd really like to see like people seeing like the unveiling of of you know the the different ways that God is a part of their lives because people have to wake up at some point. I'd like to see that you know in my lifetime uh, more. For more people, well, I, but I would, uh, but would, as yeah. it does happen, yeah. well, as it does happen, I was going to say that uh, I think you know that that could be viewed as a blessing too. Every every unveiling, you know, even as even as uncomfortable as it might be. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I, I was just going to say that we if we ask for that, if we ask for the um, then it then it will manifest. And and uh, for for years, I felt like I was on an island by myself. Um, for almost six years, I was like, geez, man, there's not even, I can't talk to anybody. And um, and then all of a sudden, I've now got four people, five people in my immediate circle who we can go to depth, I mean, and really discuss, you know, our um, interactions and um, without, you know, I mean, you know that story in the scripture where it talks about this guy named Leban, and um, he's got these daughters, and this guy named Jacob, and and um, you know it's always been taught backwards to to me where this guy Leban was this greedy dude, you know, and but you know go back and look again. Leban had the white sheep, and Jake he he set up this 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 mechanism by which he was going to get more sheep. They were going to be spotted. And, you know, that's us, you know. God is Laban, and he wants us to tend to the white sheep. But we mix off our crap in there, and we we end up throwing our vain imaginations in there, and we end up tending to the spotted cattle, our vain thoughts and imaginations. And we say, okay, we're going to make you a deal. And Father said, "All right, well, you can keep all the you can keep all that spotted cattle and go your way." And that's what we do, and we build systems that work for us. And um, I mean, hell, 
I had to come years ago with a, a, I had a crisis of consciousness. Could I even get up and go to work anymore? Because I perceived that working as an engineer in the system was part of the damn problem. I was part of the problem, but not the solution. And, um, you know, that's just, yeah, I guess we come to this point of um, um, consciousness where we have to look ourselves in the mirror and go, all right, now that we know, what are we going to do with the knowledge? Yes. You know, and uh, are we going to look after our neighbor or are we going to throw more debt burden on his back and bondage or are we going to try to set him free? Well, setting someone free has got to... I, I just can't set you free, you know, by words. I've got to actually put my back to the plow to maybe even work twice as hard, you know, for your benefit, even though you may not perceive that it's for your benefit. So I might die on the cross to myself and sacrifice, but the hopes is that the world would uh, would see that example, you know, that, that dying to myself as an example to... Uh, what we can be if we uh, think about each other. Another way to to look at what you're saying is to see that you die to yourself as being the person experiencing it and give that to God, you see. Give that experience to the Most High. It's really really that authentic experience of God anyways. So I think we do an injustice, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I, I think so. I think so. That's the the sacrifice. That's why I I say that's... um, that's the Isaac that we carry up the hill and we're willing to just say, all right, Father, this is yours. You know, we'll give that up. That's yours. To our fellow man and, and they're able to see the works of the creator, like in Michael, Joseph, you and others. And that by us doing that, we're not only giving back to the creator, we're giving to our, ourselves as well as our fellow man. It's it's a win-win situation if we look at it from the perspective that he's talking about. Yeah, I mean it 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 um, it really it's is. a complete I mean, win-win like situation. Boil, I like to boil things down to their to their. I mean, get get down to the brass tacks. Get down right to where it in, in its most simplistic form. And for me, it's just coming to to the one statement which says I am or God is that's it and I shall have no other gods before me that's it that's it so remember Psalm 82 6 said there was a problem with the Elohims that they weren't judging righteously amongst each other right I mean maybe one of them was trying to make merchandise of the other I don't know what did we see today is that about right yes do, do you know when you when you said he shouldn't have no gods before me? Do you know what he mean? What he meant by that? Or, uh, well, this is what I mean by when it says, "Thou shalt have, have no other gods before me." Do you know what? You asking me that? You know what the Creator is talking about, Donaldson? Uh, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. I be I believe I have a clear uh, definition for that. Sure. Basically, it's talking about denial of self, denial of what is, 
as being the you know the only the only God. And uh, go ahead. Well, okay, that yeah, that shall have no other gods before me. The me is me, and the me is you, and everyone else. We shall have Correct. no other gods before the God that is me and the God that is you. Because we are Correct. all aspects of that God or the Creator. A larger part of myself, awareness, is the most healing experience that I've had since I've had this awakening. A larger part of myself in other people I've seen. Everywhere. All over the world. It's allowed me to, to feel really f- free-flowing. Just as I'm moving, something may come up, some conditioned thought pattern, and it just basically dissolves with this type of consciousness. Oh, yes, sir. If it's something you don't like or want, all you have to say is cancel, cancel. That is not what I want. And then hold up what you do want, and it will manifest. And in love, you know, I mean, I've got children, and I, I try to discipline them and um, teach them, and and it's frustrating when I see them doing the opposite of what I've just taught them for their own good. Um, in in love, I may say, "Hey, you know, come on, let's go," um, and push them in another way, um, and. And sometimes I have to die to myself and go, okay, maybe we just have to do this again, you know, <laughs> go through this again until they get it, you know. Yeah. But um, I think love is able to do that. Faith has a hard time with that, but love can can just, you know, swallow the pride and ego and just say, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I know I don't have to do these things, uh, remember the story where um, uh, Peter is um, walking along, and he and the guy says, um, "Hey, man, are um, you and your master um, taxpayers?" And Peter says, "Yeah." And uh, and you know, before they go in to eat the fried chicken, you know, Jesus says, uh, "Hey, man, we got to have a little talk here." Um, he said, um, "Do the children of the king pay tribute?" And uh, he said, "No." Uh, he said, that's right, the children of the king are free. And he said, but, you know, remember, so we don't offend them. You know, reach to, go down there and do a little fishing in the Admiralty. Remember, he had to fish in the sea, okay, and pull out the first gold coin that comes out of the fish's mouth and pay them. All right? Their system is set up as, as in, in Admiralty upon the law of the high seas. That's how it is. All right, it's been that way a long, long time. And uh, so he says, but it's not to offend them, okay? Even though we're free here, you know, we're willing to die to ourselves because the the goal is not to always walk on water at the expense of your brothers and sisters. You might die to yourself so that your brothers and sisters might come to see the truth. You no longer have to fight against this, you know. Beautiful. I mean, love can do that. Faith can. I like the way you put that. I mean, I was down in a courtroom just the other day, and I told the guy, I said, I'm willing to die on the, the cross of the civil law. And I said, but when you're ready to go to the common law, just let me know. And, um, 
<laughs> he was like, all I want to know is do you want an attorney or do you want this, you know, waive it? Or I said, do those rights come from a constitution? He said, yes, sir. I said, I don't recall signing on to, as a party to that constitution. He said, well, you have rights that are protected under him. I said, no, the states have rights and the United States have rights as parties to that contract, but I don't have any rights under that contract. And uh, I said, that's just a business plan. And uh, I said, but like I said, I'm willing to die because those rights are civil. They're granted rights under that contract. And I'm willing to die to myself in love to my fellows that are out here in their ignorance. And um, I asked him point blank, I said, do you understand me? He said, sort of. (laughs) Well, um, all right. But uh, um, that's it, you know. Are you willing to to sacrifice something that you don't have to in order to win something that's greater than than you had before, you know? I don't know. I think so. I think it's worth it, you know. I think if you, I mean, ask Gandhi, was it worth it to him, you know? Ask Martin Luther King, was it worth it to him? Look, look at, look at the people who benefited under. Uh, and you know, they try to play it like Martin Luther King was only speaking for the people of color, which is utter horseshit. Until you go back and read history and realize he was trying to set all men free. It was just played up later that he was speaking for men of color. It's just try to control again and separate the people. Anyway, I just realized it was midnight. <laughs> Golly. Well, 24. That was a fun uh, little soiree. I don't know. I get... I'm sorry. I I I got on a tangent and I I couldn't bring it back to where I wanted to bring it. But um, if I said anything tonight. Love's the ticket, man. You know, love's the way to go. Love can do things that faith can't do. True. And um, love conquers. You know, think about it. For instance, tribulation. Real quick, tribulation. We hate it. But what does the scripture tell us? That with with perseverance, you you, you get your hope. And what is it? Hope. How's it go? Something like um, uh, perseverance first, and then hope, and then from hope, I guess it's love. I'm, I'm not sure how it goes, but but that perseverance wouldn't come unless you had some kind of friction pushing against you from the get. And thus we come full circle back to the beginning of the call, which is, in my opinion, the, me- the meaning for our existence here and now it's a training training grounds for little children to grow up and become seventh day celestial men. You know? A mature mind. An enlightened state. Anyway. Does anybody else Thank have you. anything to add? <laughs> Jim, you still here? I think we may have lost Jim. Okay, that's well. You know, um, certainly, 
we can't, you know, expect everyone to to wake up at once. And and in closing, and appreciate the opportunity. I think I think the, if we did that, we might have an issue, you know, as far as you know, uh, the the shift being a little more noticeable. Yes. Uh, yes. But for for sort of allowing. I think love is my defining word when I think of, of allowing i I've learned that it's it's really love allowing is the is one big characteristic of of love uh, from my perspective here because when you look at children and the way that they allow you know their parents to nurture them and train them and teach them that's love. Yes, it is. Uh, Remember, we go back to um, to Romans six sixteen. To whom you submit yourself to, that is the whom you will obey. So, you we all have choices, and we might all let's say every one of us on the call came together in a physical location and said, "We're going to live in community together in this location," and we say, "We're going to we're going to um, make." Um, one of us the head and he will be this this man or woman will be the judge and will determine if they we got a dispute we'll go to them for um for judgment and this will be the final say. Well haven't you seen how think about this for a second. Not one of us has to do this. But we 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 have this in, in our own being. We have this within our own beings. Yes. But um, but we may decide to die to ourselves in order to live in a peaceful community with each other. In other words, we may decide to, to say, okay, we're going to set up a judiciary so that we can live in peace amongst ourselves. And so we die to some of our, um, how do you say it, even though I hate to say it like this, God-given rights. Um, we don't have to do that at all. We may say, well, we're just going to live somewhere else. <laughs> you know? Right. The government's supposed to be on our shoulders. That's right. Not That's right. Each individual, not uh, to let right. someone rule over us, because like you said, we are servants to obey if we do that. Right. So now um, we have two, we have two oaths in a sense of fidelity of by which we are to um, undertake. The the men and women who have decided that they will submit to the leadership in which they established become the citizenry, and in that particular analogy are the wife that submitted now to the husbandmen who have been elected to, to lead. The, now, who is the head of the husband? Is the head of the husband another um city state that will now get in collusion and commit fornication or is the head of the husband Christ Jesus the enlightened mind and Jesus Christ is the head the head of the the head of the woman is the man and the head of the man is Christ yes so therefore um the the leadership has a oath and fidelity to the wife to cover her in love and serve her the wife has an oath of fidelity to the husband to submit and obey, and the two of them are one 
as the as the collective wife submitting to Christ as the husband. Fractals of the same model, and Christ then, as the collective unity, submits to the all in all, the ever living as the wife, and the ever living is male in that regard. The analogy, a larger fractal, but exactly the same thing. And then there's complete emergence, and no longer are men doing things which are unseemly with other men, which is nothing more than heads of state intercoursing each other in commerce instead of going before the ever-living for as their head. So there you go. Guys, i got to jump off. I just realized it, it's late, and i got to get going. And I, I said I'd do 25, but I've done two hours and 25. So. <laughs> hey, what, well, you have to had something you had on your heart you had to share, which is benefiting all of us, brother. Hey, that's how he's called go. That's right. So, uh, um, you know what? I'll share this with you real quick, Jim. I've had people. I've had people who um, have reached out to me privately over calls that were done five years ago. So <laughs> you never know. People come along and they hit that you know site you've got and download these calls, and um, you just never know who's going to be listening. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. I mean, that's what the, this is what it's all about. It's just come let us, you know, uh, reason together. That we're all here trying to basically get to the same place and get get an understanding of our creator. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we have these calls to where we can all come and jointly fit together and share with one another, you know, to where we can get a greater understanding. Not one person has it all. It takes everybody. I mean, that's what it's all about. And everyone has something to share and to give forth that will benefit everybody on the call. Amen, brother. And, uh, you know, I know we've been on here, like I said, going right at four, uh, almost five hours. And I want to thank each and every one of you all for coming. You know, we love you. And, May Yahweh bless and keep you in perfect divine health, and may all your dreams come true that are good, good, and very good. And, uh, you know, we're going to be here next Sunday, same time, same place. And I would love to have you come back and be part of it. You know, share with everyone. Everybody has a testimony that they can give to help someone to rise in consciousness and understanding. I mean, that's what this call is about. And uh, I just want you to know we love you, and I wish all of y'all happy Thanksgiving. I know it's past, but still, uh, you know, with that, I guess I'm going to end the call. You know, thank you for coming, Donaldson and Choli, yes. Violet Hugh, guess 30, yes. 28, you know, 25 and 20. I mean, y'all have been a blessing, and I've been reading y'all conversations at the same time I was listening to Michael Joseph and Donaldson there and sometimes I jump in there here and there but uh, all in all I love you and may Yahweh bless you and keep you safe now. Y'all have a good night. Shalom. Prosper be in perfect divine health.
LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.